uh, they're they're drunk and they hit a guy and then they try to bury him. Yep, in the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins. Joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. That's me again. Yes. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's me. Still here. That's the same one I did last time. I know when it came out of my mouth, I realized that's the same greeting as last time. So I said again. Okay. I got you. Now I feel bad. (laughs) And also. And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Cher. Hey, y'all. Yeah, and we're I don't think I've done that before. And uh, once again, we'll talk about our Patreon that we just set up. Yeah, baby, we want you to become part of our team. Ooh. And this is mm-hmm. this Who is a great to way. Join our team? Exactly, <laughs> this is a great way for you to join the CinemaSins team. We're going to have tryouts. <laughs> our operation is small. <laughs> yes, all you have to do to become a member is fight with a broken pool. That's pool right. Case. Uh, no, just uh, go to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash cinemasins. You can become a member. Uh, you get different perks. One perk is getting all of our content early. So the podcast, the videos, all that stuff on all the, the Sins platforms early. Another perk is uh, c- help controlling our content. Like you can vote on what mini pods we do or uh, some of the uh, the things for TV Sins and things like that. For instance, uh, first month here of Patreon, the members have voted that we're going to do a mini pod of Bohemian Rhapsody. That's right, a Bohemian pod. Bohemian pod, which you guys have both already seen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, fucking slacker. All right. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll see that in the next day or two, and then we'll do the mini pod yeah, as a reward for the members. And, That's right. And, uh, you know, and uh, regarding that vote, you've got some nerve, mister. <laughs> <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. Seriously. Good God. It but, was a, an interesting choice, but it, it probably yeah. would be, it wouldn't be the one that we would typically do. Oh, uh, we definitely wouldn't do this. I'm kind of glad. I really wanted to talk about this movie, so I'm, I'm yeah, glad yeah. That, that you did choose that. So, so anyway. So Minipod coming soon. Yes, right. and that's one of the perks is you can vote on that. It won't always be a Minipod selection. There'll be other things to vote on and whatnot. We got some stuff coming in the spring. Yes. That in about a month we'll be able to officially announce that we're ironing out details for that we're super excited about that will be extremely special for members of our Patreon. Mm-hmm. So head over there, check it out. Uh, if you want, can, and are willing, and don't hate us, I want to be a member and get some perkity perks. Perkity perks. I would like to hear from the people who hate us, yeah. who listen every week. <laughs> there's at least, there's got to be at least one. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be, right? Well, I have, I just seen enough on Twitter every now and then in, in the occasional hate tweet that will reference something said on the podcast. Right. <laughs> like, there was one guy. I sat through two and a half hours of hate listening. Well, there was even one guy on Twitter who was like, well, Barrett and Chris clearly love movies, and Jeremy doesn't ever say anything when they talk about movie, and he doesn't seem to go to movies at all. And what? that's clearly coming from the podcast, yeah. misinterpreting, I think. Yes. But still, that's a podcast listener who's angry. So they're out there. Yeah, there they're go. out there. Oh yeah. What are you gonna do? I don't know. I don't know what I'll we're going to do. I'll tell you what you do. You go to Patreon.com right. slash CinemaSins and nice. become a well, member. We're going to find a way to put that in there. Like, we're going to be sitting here talking about North Carolina movies today. <laughs> and it's like, oh, and by the way, <laughs> be a member of our Patreon. <laughs> That's right. Patreon, Patreon. All right, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, today we're going to get back on our road trip. Road trip. On the road again. The most time-honored tradition of all, the road trip. Oh, the places you'll go. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. 
And we're going to be doing something a lot uh, less dense than New York. Yeah, a little lighter than New York, yeah. Um, It's North Carolina. That's right. Carolina. Yeah. Carolina. And uh, (laughs) I was told told, uh, way back in the, like a few months, like maybe a couple months ago, that uh, there's one one area in North Carolina that gets most of the filming, uh, like one city that gets it, and it's Wilmington, and it's gotten to the point that they've called it Filmington. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Even though we don't have very many movies here, apparently that's where most of you know, if anything's going to be shot in North Carolina. Interesting. Uh, you've been to North Carolina, right? Uh, yeah, just to uh, Cherokee. That's it. Okay, that's I've right. never been have in the been? big cities. Um, yeah, we spent, my family spent three or four Thanksgivings about about 10 years ago. We do Thanksgiving and Christmas together every year. That means my parents, my wife and I, and my brother and his family. Uh, and we did three or four years in a row at a beach house in North Carolina oh, on nice. Emerald Isle. Uh, which itself I'm pretty sure is just like a sand dune that was big enough they could build stuff on it because you have to like cross a bridge and then there's like a five mile stretch of one road basically with beach houses on either side and then a bridge back to the mainland. Oh, nice. And so my brother knew somebody through some kind of something who like had a share of this beach house that had like five bedrooms and it was literally on the beach. Mm -hmm. So like I'd get up in the morning, go downstairs, make a cup of coffee, walk out on the patio and hear Mm-hmm. as the waves are coming in we'd see dolphins nice um it was red i have very fond memories of now that the bad thing about north carolina is driving to get there because north carolina is long yeah yeah it is especially if you're coming from Tennessee. and the interstates yeah. are not cooperative they go to all the wrong places like to get to this beach house i had to get off the interstate and still drive like three hours through like bumfuck roads <laughs> mm-hmm. <And> it was <laughs> really annoying and also the problem is those damn mountains if there's a rock slide you know Six hours out of your way, you're driving. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta go all the way up into Virginia. Anyway, I like (laughs) North Carolina. (laughs) Anyway. And there was was, was another time went to North Carolina because we have some distant relatives that live out there and everything. And I probably was six or something. I don't know how old I was, but um, went out there and I don't even know where we were. I couldn't even begin to tell you where we were in North Carolina, but that was the first time I ever went. And then I hadn't been until I went to Cherokee like a year. It's or two beautiful ago. though. Well, even to get to Cherokee, you go over the mountains and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And it's, it's very, very pretty. Uh, spent a lot of time in there. So I'm, I'm excited for this. Yeah. And there's some uh, pretty decent movies. We start off, uh, with blue velvet. Yeah, that's a weird, weirdly set North Carolina movie. Yes. Uh, I'm glad because I love talking about it. But uh, yeah, that's apparently right in the- uh, Blue Velvet is, I think, considered David Lynch's masterpiece as far as his movie uh, career is concerned. He's he's known mostly for Twin Peaks, but mm-hmm. uh, Blue Velvet is probably the movie that he gets known for more than anything other than maybe Mulholland Drive. Well, it's weirdly his most accessible movie. Uh and and well a lot a lot a, a lot like a m- many other David Lynch movies. It starts off very accessible. Uh-huh. And then suddenly the camera goes down into the the lawn and we see all the bugs crawling yeah. and all that and I'm like, okay, so this is a bit of a weird movie. And then it's like normal for a while. And then when Kyle MacLachlan and Isabella Rossellini are in that room and uh-huh. he has to hide in the closet, that's where things get all fucked Everything up. Everything goes goes crazy from that point on. Yes. And Dennis Hopper comes in with a breathing apparatus of some sort. And it's just, it's a, such a weird manic performance. Uh, he's a firecracker, man. He comes, 
I, I watched that scene recently. I think I watched the whole movie and just kind of came in on this scene. Mm-hmm. And I forgot how insane that scene is because I remember him being like abusive to Isabella Ross yeah. and all that stuff and, and, you know, throwing the drink around and stuff like that and then inhaling that nitrous. Danny wants to fuck. Yeah, that's the part. <laughs> I forgot about that part. I don't know how I forgot about that part, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's such a fucking weird movie, man. And, uh, and I've given it, I've given it a couple of chances. And uh, I like it, but it's just not one of those movies that I'm prepared to put in. Like, it's not one of those that you have to be in the mood to watch that. I mean, who who out there watches this movie religiously? Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. There's probably a lot of people, unfortunately, but uh, that. I don't know. I've I've never gotten on board with this being great, but I can see some artistry behind it. Oh, sure. And and just I mean, just watching for Dennis Hopper's performance alone mm-hmm. is is worth it for me. I, I love watching this movie. Think actually. about Dennis Hopper's year. He's also in Hoosiers. That's completely <laughs> different roles. Yeah. Um Yeah, like that's that's as polar opposite as it gets. Yep. Um then we have uh, a, a real favorite of mine, Bull Durham. Ooh. Uh, Kevin Costner is a is a sort of long time minor leaguer who just goes from team to team and everything. And uh, this one's uh, sort of the story of uh, him trying to. He's sort of mentoring Tim Robbins as this young pitcher that's coming in. By the way, there's no fucking way Tim Robbins is a good pitcher by what you see in the, in, <laughs> I don't remember, in the movie. Does he have a weird throw? He has emotion? a horrible wind up and like the throw that every time he throws, you're just like, there's no way. So I'm you're sorry. Tom Cruise would be better at throwing <laughs> yeah. a baseball. Tom, Tom Cruise Robbins. would be better at throwing a baseball. <laughs> it's like a raptor throwing they, a ball. They, yeah, exactly. They wisely uh, show Robbins and close up a lot in this because oh, yeah. if you saw the full thing you know like that's always the thing about sports movies right like it's hard to get true athletic ability yeah. on on screen that's why you see a lot of weird shit in the natural too and mm-hmm. especially baseball it's really hard to get i mean you have to first off you have to set up cameras you have to if you wanted to actually get real baseball action or whatever it would take forever to get an actor to get that down perfectly mm-hmm. oh yeah so it's always a it's always an interesting thing but bull durham is the uh is at the beginning of this movie there's sort of a love triangle at the beginning with him and susan sarandon and tim robbins and they sort of try out for her at the beginning she only sleeps with one person every like season uh and she's like a group like a baseball group baseball right? groupie yeah. yeah and uh and she's so she's monogamous during the entire season and they both try out and he kevin costner like a badass is like i'm not trying out for this shit you want <laughs> either want me or not i'm gonna i'm gonna head out you can have tim robbins you know and uh and she did yeah and she did for quite a long time <laughs> yeah are they still together no are yeah. they not no they got they broke up a few years yeah back. it was a few years ago yeah Oh, but they never. But they, they never, never got married. married. Yeah, never got yeah. married. It's a, like uh, is it Don Johnson and Melanie Griffith have Kurt, that? Kurt Russell and Goldie. Goldie Hawn. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So is this where this started? Like in real life? Mm-hmm. Where, I think so. Yep. Wow, that was that was a hell of a run. Yeah, they yeah. Get, they were together a long time. It's not easy. I've only been married eleven years, and I feel like that's a you know climbing Everest. 
Yeah, it's a, that's not, a good pu- run. I'm not putting down my wife. I'm saying marriage is hard. Yeah. Mm. You know? So I, pres- yeah. I respect anybody that makes it that long. But this movie. Jesse Pinkman all the time. <laughs> yeah. like, You're not going to believe what your husband said today about you on the podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> this movie's really funny, though. And it's got a lot of, like, you know, good life lessons in it and everything. Just fun. Um, Do people forget how to, like, make good baseball movies? Like, besides Moneyball, well, has there has there been a good baseball movie in the last 10 years? Baseball's waning popularity is one big reason why mm-hmm. there haven't been good movies made in a long time. Um, and plus, they, there's only so much you can do with it. Um, in the 90s, you remember, it was all about, like, let's find the f- most fucked up way to run a baseball team. So, let, like... Let's get Thomas Ian Nicholas, who's suddenly got this, like, you know, who's a kid who's got a hundred mile an hour fastball <laughs> on the Cubs, or let's get this kid to to manage the Twins and Little Big League, or <laughs> well, let's let, get Angels let's to get help. Angels in the outfield. Well, but you still had Bull Durham, you had Major League, you had uh, all natural, ju- all right there at that late eighties, early nineties. Field of Dreams, yeah, yeah Field of Dreams. Um, so I mean, yeah, th- th- those are good movies that you know tend to last that, that we still enjoy watching now i think there are ways to make good baseball movies like i you know but that i just don't know if there's an interest in seeing there may not be but i will say i don't think they've stopped making good ones mm-hmm. i'm gonna throw out a few okay uh for dicer i'll throw out million dollar arm mm. uh which one was that's that the one? cricket this one, is right? john ham yeah finds oh, is uh, it good yeah really yeah it's totally solid like remember the titans level you're gonna come away feeling good but nobody watched it Mm -hmm. uh the rookie which i've talked about several times with dennis Dennis quaid Quaid. yeah Yeah, and both of these are are essentially they're not biopics but they're dramatizations of real things yeah yeah exactly um and then uh the one with uh albert brooks and brendan fraser is actually oh the scout actually a little better than you remember really really? i I saw that that came out in the mid 90s i mean i'm not um, notice I didn't say it's great. Yeah. I think it's a bit better than you. Well, you may be right then, because, I mean, that's that's a pretty good, to, no pun intended, batting average if, if you include Moneyball. But nobody watched any of those movies, including Moneyball. Yeah. The, the, I think Moneyball did okay. Yeah, it got nominated for It got some nominations, and I think it got a boost from that and everything. But uh, but uh, the scout has that. <laughs> Brendan Fraser is this awesome pitcher that, like, like everybody wants him. And he then he he go he he can't perform in front of people essentially mm-hmm. that's like the biggest conflict and then uh, when he's finally ready to pitch the Yankees put him in game one of the World Series <laughs> yeah and he throws an eighty one pitch twenty seven strikeout perfect game oh my god <laughs> yeah all right sure well. It's not as bad as you remember, <laughs> is what I'm saying. I haven't seen it in forever. It's so. also this whole fish out of water thing because Brendan Fraser's like, even though he's like as white as they come, he's like discovered in like the Dominican League yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Albert Brooks like finds him playing on dirt fields, <laughs> right, in a foreign country, and so there's a lot of it, like almost Encino Man, yeah. blast from the past kind of Brendan Fraser, and and I think Albert. Bro- Never mind. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't have brought the scout up. The rookie is good. Yeah, and Million Dollar Arm is hey, good. Hey, and, the, right, and the, scout, watch those. the scout might be better than you remember. 
<laughs> it might be. I hope so. <laughs> anyway, Bull Durham is really good, yes, and uh, and uh, I would highly suggest uh, watching that. I I love I love the you know uh, it's not so much Costner and Sarandon, although they're really good once they do finally get together in mm-hmm. that movie. Spoiler alert. There you go. Um, but um, but Costner and Robbins are great together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think a lot of the stuff that he tells him during that is really good stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and what is the, he like? He he uh, starts calling out the pitches to the batters, right? Cause yeah, he's the there's a part where uh, he's like, "You believe that he was talking he was talking to the batter, Kevin Costner, as as the catcher." He's like, "You believe this? This motherfucker is pitching a no hitter, and and he and he's waving me off." <laughs> he's like, "He's like, all right, Charlie, here comes the deuce." <laughs> and when you think of me, think of me well. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, good, so he, Robbins throws the no, I think he throws the fastball, um, and uh, he's like the fastball's coming, and you know whatever. And then uh, so then uh, so the guy hits a home run, like hits it for like a <laughs> long way or whatever. And uh, Costner comes out to the mound and everything, and Robbins like God, it's like he knew it was coming. He's like he did. I told him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. And this is uh. This is the same combination as Ron Shelton and Costner, who would come yeah. back together again and make Tin Cup later on. Ah. And that, that guy knows sports and comedy, but also rascally, scoundrelly type people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really good at that. Scoundrel. Scoundrelly. Rascally. <laughs> um, then, uh, apropos, although you guys will, uh, the election, the midterm elections will be done by the time mm-hmm. you hear this, but the campaign. Uh, oh God. which is the Will Ferrell, Zach Galifianakis, uh, movie. You know, I'll, I'll, I never saw this, but I do remember thinking the trailer was one of the least funny looking things I'd ever seen. Uh, I did not like this movie at all. Yeah. I, I, I like parts of it. Yeah. I, no, of course. I mean, there, there's like any it's comedy. Like house. Yeah. Uh, like Will Ferrell's going to be, he can't not be funny for the entirety yeah. of it, but the whole movie but it's just, it's about a, it it's about so Will Ferrell is the sleazy politician and Zach Galifianakis is this guy who wants to run the positive campaign, yeah. But then is eventually brought into the muck at at some mm-hmm. point so that they're both like really really fighting tooth and nail to win. And there's a lot of people in this, if I remember. There's a lot of like um like isn't it's, there like uh, so, so Will Ferrell, Zach Galifianakis, Jason Sudeikis, Dylan McDermott, John Lithgow, and Dan Aykroyd is like the yeah. the the puppeteers basically. Right. Uh, Brian Cox is in there, of course he is. <laughs> and then they've got like all the you know the cameos. Yeah, and the, then yeah, Dylan McDermott. There's like a whole uh, thing at the end where Zach Galifianakis is uh, at some sort of Senate hearing or something, and and they're talking about this this uh, criminal or whatever, and he's like. A.K.A. Dylan McDermott, A.K.A. <laughs> Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> yeah, no, there's something, you know. Sometimes Will Ferrell, you think, is so reliable that like he's gonna be, it's it's gonna be watchable just because he's in it. But then you get stuff like Anchorman too, or you yeah. get stuff like this where it's like just doesn't doesn't get there yeah it's a it's it's primed to be a really funny comedy mm-hmm. with those two guys in it and everything and just something about it just uh they didn't they didn't cook it right mm. i saw a bit of anchorman the other day the, the first anchorman yeah it still holds up pretty well but mm-hmm. i was catching like like seth rogan is in there as like a cameraman yeah for like a blip mm-hmm. oh i forgot yep. that yeah and yeah. there's somebody else who's got a, a bit more 
substantial role that is i was like oh that guy too it's a uh, um, it's a uh, chris parnell is that true you think it's about? not chris parnell although he's in that as well uh but anyway that that movie's i think it still holds up pretty why well you say, why you say that run <laughs> <laughs> that poop <laughs> that poop mouth <laughs> oh, I well, love uh, he was famous by them but jack black has that little cameo oh yeah too, oh yeah you know what i'm gonna do brosif <laughs> that's how i roll <laughs> You hit me. That bike was my life. What's what's what you love the most? Because <laughs> well, of course I love. Uh, what do you say? Like so some food. A fine glass of scotch. Fine glass of scotch, and of course my my dog Baxter here. <laughs> uh, then we have Cape Fear. Uh, are both Cape Fears in North Carolina? Yep, Cape Fear, North Carolina. The only one that I I've, I've never seen the original. Unfortunately, I have seen the Martin Scorsese version. I fucking love that movie. Oh yeah, I um uh, the the remake. Now I've I've seen a little bit of the original version and it's interesting that Scorsese puts in Gregory Peck and Robert Mitchum yeah. into the remake Mitchum because they plays were like the, a judge or something, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh because they were the two guys that that Nick Nolte and Robert De Niro play in the mm. in the remake. Oh, it's so good. De Niro is really terrifying in this movie. He kind of is, like, to the point where, mm, yeah, mm, got a little demon in you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, in real life, he does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, He's got the, uh, the, the finger tattoos, which was parodied in uh, the... The Uncle Leo thing, where he's doing the pull-ups and the uh, yeah, and the yeah, the love hate, <laughs> yeah, love hate, yeah. Uh, Hello, <laughs> Jerry. Yeah, there's it's also a- that great Simpsons Cape Fear parody. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Besides, <laughs> Bob steps on a thousand rings. Yeah, yeah man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's a Cape Fear. Yeah, it's a it's a story of a guy who's getting out of jail and he blames the the lawyer for for him being in jail all this long. And isn't it his his defense lawyer mm-hmm. that yeah and um and the in the remake it's Nick Nolte and he's married to Jessica Lang mm-hmm. and uh and uh, a young Juliette Lewis what uh, is super, girls, yeah. yeah she's like sixteen like, maybe fifteen or sixteen this and National Lampoons has got to be like her first shit yeah because yeah. that was eighty nine and then this was uh, ninety one ninety one yeah ninety one I think is right. okay um but uh but yeah she's super young and there's like uh De Niro is is doing just more doing some like he's doing a terrifying campaign essentially he doesn't want to kill him right off the bat oh no it's perfect he just harasses him but within the it, within the law yeah it feels like this like you we, we we always make fun of these ghost demon movies where like you know they fuck with them the whole time and it never makes any sense and this course he's not a ghost or a demon although like jeremy says <laughs> could be a demon um it feels like there is a plan involved here like he wants this guy to be frightened oh yeah totally the entire time and then and then yeah within the law which is so weird like he's doing all this stuff that he can't really well yeah because he set up this whole plan you've got to imagine while he's doing the pull-ups and all that crazy shit in prison mm-hmm. uh because he's so nice to him he's like counselor yeah you know he's smiling all mm-hmm. the time and uh and then the movie like hinges on this decision of nolte to to hire these guys to to, to take him out basically yeah. to, to terrify him and once he flips the script on that then he's got leverage and then the whole movie is, is, you know, off and running. Yeah. Mm. So Scor- good. Scorsese shoots this like a, you know, like if you've seen a lot of like, you know, noir thrillers and stuff mm-hmm. like that, she's like, she still has a little bit of Scorsese in there. Like this is not a typical Scorsese movie. Mm-hmm. 
but he shoots it in that that you know real noirish style or whatever and then uh come out come out wherever you are <laughs> um yeah this is fantastic this is a huge recommend um then there's cold mountain the anthony Minghella uh movie with jude law renee zellweger and uh everybody from natalie portman and fucking everybody uh, yeah you know, this Brendan movie has Gleason grown on seymour me. hoffman this Natalie movie's grown Portman. on you yeah because the first time i watched it which is the only time i've watched it i didn't like it yeah well that was me yeah and it's weird because i for reasons that will just make me sound foolish i filed this movie along uh like ride with the devil mm-hmm. and and when i went back to both of them i didn't enjoy ride with the devil mm-hmm. but i kind of enjoyed cold mountain and then my wife heard one of the old-timey prairie songs they sing in the movie mm-hmm. and she came into the room and she was like is that cold mountain and i was like you like this movie and she was like yeah so she watched a bit of it with me and then the next time it came on i watched it all yeah and i think it's it's not big and renee zellweger is 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 adorable in this movie she Precocious. is she is with, yeah. the, with the hard edge what but, is, uh, what's the deal now jude law has to traverse like this landscape to get back to her or something yeah, like he's that he's gone off to war i think and then he becomes like he gets captured he's like a prisoner i think at some point yeah and like he and zellweger are they're betrothed maybe they're um are they dating i can't remember what it is because there is a point where no because he's he's betrothed to nicole kidman right nicole kidman yeah Yeah, and then it's not zellweger and zellweger is like the is she like a guide that helps him get the daughter of the dude God damn it. So, I saw it like a year and a half ago. I'm not an expert. So she. Brendan Gleeson? Yes. So, no. so he is yes. supposed to be married to Kidman then. Like mm-hmm. they, they've just, they've, he's just asked her before he went to war and everything. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Because there is that whole scene where like Natalie Portman brings him in and she like basically says, you want to sleep with me? Yeah. And he's like, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and everybody is. Well, isn't, uh, Killian Murphy one of the soldiers in that scene too? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's in there. There's a lot Donald of people. Sutherland's in there. Lucas Black, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Giovanni Ribisi, Philip Seymour Hoffman's like a preacher. Everybody, Emily Deschanel is in there. Like, uh, Taron Manning is in there. Like, there's, there's a lot of people in this. It just, I don't think it coheses very well by the end of it. <laughs> I'm just gonna make that a thing, by the way. Yeah. Um, I noticed the other day, as a complete aside. Did we talk about 50 Cent and his tweets and his Instagrams? Have we already talked about this? We, you mm. mentioned uh, the uh, the thing where he bought out the 200 tickets to Ja Rule. No, but at the end of every single tweet he sends, he types the phrase, get the strap, which is something I guess his character says in the show. Power? Power. Yeah. And I guess he started doing it to make it a thing, and then it got into the Urban Dictionary, and he was all giddy about it. Hmm. But anyway, went uh, several uh, weeks ago when there were all those rap feuds happening... Um, he sent a couple tweets out joking about Ja. This was before buying out the concert seats, but joking again about Ja Rule. And I was, I'm, I'm reading through every single fucking tweet, no matter what he says, ends with "get the strap." So it's like, <laughs> I love my daughter. It's her birthday. I bought her a bike. Get the strap. <laughs> every, I, I dare you to go look at his Twitter feed when we're done. Every single tweet does that, and it's ridiculous. Wow. It's like makes me think maybe he's got the IQ of a nine year old. <laughs> But it also makes me kind of want to put cohesive. Yeah, there you go. Hashtag cohesive at the end of every single tweet. Eventually, 
Somebody uh, like Trump will say it. Uh, Anthony Mengele died early, so we didn't see very many more movies after Cold Mountain. He did another one called Breaking and Entering, which I did not see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's got a pretty good track record. I know that you don't like The English Patient, but I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did uh, The Talented Mr. Ripley. Which mm-hmm. I do love. Yeah, and he did this one. Um, also his son, Max was in the social network. The, uh, the, the, I guess the third guy in the Winklevoss. Oh, mm-hmm. oh um, yeah. Yeah. So, I didn't know that was his son. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, what, that's kind of an interesting career he had. Um, but, um, yeah, unfortunately we didn't get to see much more. Of Did, him. uh, Renee Zellweger. Yeah. She won the Academy Award for this one. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, no, it's a great performance. Um, I, I was forced to think about this movie because I had also followed it away with, like, Winter's Bone and stuff like that, yeah. like, tough, you know, mountain people and shit like that. But then I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? I think I kind of liked that. The, the, all the parts kind of... You, you're right, actually, that they don't really cohese. Right. But, like, uh, the parts themselves are, are really good. Yeah, and I think that may be what it is, is I found a way to appreciate the parts, mm-hmm. even if not the whole. Yeah. And then we have another Nicole Kidman movie. We Days of Thunder. Days uh, of Thunder. Ha! Nicole wow. Kidman and Tom Cruise, obviously. Cold trickle. I believe this is where they met. And um, yeah, because then Far and Away was after this. Right? Nicole Kidman was like, I think she was like twenty in this movie. Oh, seriously, something like that. Isn't she playing like a like a, a psychiatrist or something? Yeah, <laughs> like like she's she's younger than somebody who has that kind of education Um, i I had never seen it until we send it oh really and i've already forgotten it yeah it is for very forgettable although it has a couple of choice lines on it but uh oh you think this is forgettable i i like this movie it's got some choice lines in it It does yeah i've seen it i've also seen it probably three or four times Mm -hmm. too um but uh yeah uh tom cruise plays a guy who he, I guess he knows how to race, but he doesn't know anything else about racing. Like yeah. he doesn't, because <laughs> he's like he can he can he can drive real fast. That's right. And then when he teams up with Robert Duvall, he finds out that Duvall finds out that he doesn't know anything about like you know RPMs and yeah, because he yeah he was doing uh, like Indy cars and stuff like that, the open wheel stuff, and he didn't mm-hmm. know anything about like stock car racing yeah. or NASCAR. And I remember because this came out in it's 90? just like Danica yeah. Patrick's career. 1990, I believe. Uh, this was perfect for me of the like the Hot Wheels age. I was 10. Yeah. Uh, so like I got all the Cold Trickle, Mellow Yellow, fucking perfect name thing. by the way, Cold Trickle baby. Uh, yeah, I was I was really into this movie. Uh, back in the, and you know what, man, it has a lot of good people in it. Like Robert Duvall, Michael Rooker, Carrie Elways, Randy Quaid, Fred Thompson, John yeah. C. Riley, which is funny that John C. Riley ends yeah. up in town. Yeah, exactly. Match. Randy Shoot Quaid has that part where he's like, uh, he's like, you look like a, you look like monkey fucking a football out there. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, there's that whole thing, like the most, the most eye rolling moment is when they're both in wheelchairs and they have to race each other down the hall, yep. down the hall in the yep. hospital. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, he, um, there, there's like this, uh, part where they get pulled over and it's, uh, it ends up being stripper cops or something like that. <laughs> and, and so like the next time he go, they, he, uh, he, when he goes to the hospital, Nicole Kidman comes in, you know, and, uh, 
and uh, starts like examining him and 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 he goes i think what you want to look at is right down here and he pulls her hand down to his crotch oh my god <laughs> and, and, and and then still out of that somehow they started dating of afterwards course, of course yeah. uh, did they start dating was this another thing where you yeah. think they started dating no they met life? here they met at this, at this so movie. this was 90 they went for all the way f- what 11 years or something like it that? was 10, 11 years? nine years because that was the uh the front right after watch yeah that was the uh the thing that a lot of people were talking about actually they may have not have been married until like a couple of years later because i believe the whole issue with them getting divorced was tom cruise like filed for divorce just before the 10-year anniversary which was a big deal in california oh really yeah oh wow that's yeah. wild. which is like something where you don't owe anything or something mm. i don't know what it is but there's some sort of issue that's there funny. where it was like nine years and 11 months or something <laughs> including the prenuptial agreement. <laughs> yes uh but i think she was doing moulin rouge uh when all of that went mm-hmm. down so uh moulin rouge didn't come out to 2001 Mm-hmm. that's but, why she didn't have to act sad yeah exactly she just thought I of i don't know how sad she was <laughs> yeah <laughs> she seems pretty happy right now with her i would say so. country man uh then we have uh the descent which is still probably in this uh, millennium one of the better horror movies that have come out oh i love it this it's, is the uh, one with it's not the one with all girls mm-hmm. it is the one okay it then is. this i have seen this one and it's good yeah, yeah. And it, it's got the girl whose name you just said Whose name we said last time? Who was in the thing with the whatnot? Yeah. <laughs> T- mm-hmm. uh, uh, Shauna McDonald? Never mind. No, I don't think there's anybody. Yeah, I think you were thinking of Rada Mitchell. But, I was. But she's oh, not she in does, this. She does look like her, though. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, women go down into a cave, and uh, there are so, some horrible like uh, inbred race that's down there. Some creature of some sort. Oh, my God. When they, when, yeah, when they, when they first introduce the creature, you're not expecting to see it. Yeah, and, because it's already terrifying what yeah. they're doing. Like, they're doing, like, high-level spelunking. They're yeah. doing, like, shit that, like, you've got to be expert in. And I think somebody gets injured even before any of this shit yeah. happens. And so you're, like, on edge... Uh, because they do a great job of introducing these characters and like how tight they are and how they always make this trip and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, sudden fucking cave dwelling demon mm-hmm. yeah. comes out. And you're like, oh, Jesus. Because there's a, like a part where there's like a flashlight that's fly, you know, that's going around and then suddenly like the light hits them, hits one of them yeah. just right. Yeah. And you're like, holy fucking shit, get the <laughs> fuck out of there. <laughs> Which is not easy or quick to do. No, it is not because they are spelunking. You know, I was watching a video that Elon Musk posted the other day. It's like sped up video. He took a walk through the tunnel he built. Oh, yeah. The boring, boring in company LA. tunnel in L.A. Um, and I was just like, man, what? You couldn't pay me enough. You really couldn't. It's a miracle I ever got on the subway in New York. Just thinking about oh, really thinking You've about never been being spelunky? thinking about being in a in a tunnel that far underground <laughs> with literally. What if there's an earthquake? I'm dead. Yes, and yeah. I just know. But there's it's almost impossible for that to happen for an earthquake in California. I'm just saying, like, the the chances are unlikely for you to die in... For me to die. Yes. Okay, but an earthquake in California, not so unlikely. Yeah, well, I'm sure they have infrastructure. I'm sure, I mean, you know, they've got underground yeah, stuff. Yeah, just about anything that's built is going to have that in mind, so... Um, you you ever been spelunking? I went to that cave in East Tennessee, near the Smokies, mm-hmm. the Tuscadigee, Chuckaligee... <laughs> 
<laughs> chucklehead, <laughs> chucklehead, Chattahoochee, <laughs> Snoochie, Tuscadichi. I have no idea. It's the biggest. I actually saw an article last week about it. It's the. It's like the biggest, un- still yet unexplored underground cave system in the Americas or something. Because oh. like the part we went into was only like one percent of the actual size of the whole cave, and it was neat. Mm-hmm. But I also I walked down rock steps from the like you know, buy your ticket in this like golf lobby. Oh, and you're then not you, like, like squeezing down. through shit or anything. No, you walk down these steps and you're in this cave opening, and there there was no like oh I got to squeeze through here moments. Yeah, no. I've had to do it was those like a, a tour lot. guide and like electric lights everywhere. Yeah. I wasn't really frightened about all that. Mm. I've been on a cave exploring mission, a cave mapping mission. Uh, with one of my buddies, Scott, mm. uh, he used to, he was a geologist. He still is a geologist. And uh, he used to go to like Mammoth Cave, their system and all that stuff, the tributaries in Kentucky. And uh, he would he would map these caves. He'd be like, there's an opening right here. We need to go and just set a few flags. And so I went with him one time and it was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were parts of it that were very terrifying. I would imagine. Because so. he was like, okay, we can get through this this opening right here, but you're going to have to exhale. And get through while you're exhaling. Oh, so no, all the all stuff the is no in the world oh, is out fuck. of your lungs. And I was like, okay, so you did it. But when you how get long through, does it take to get through there? It's just, it was just like an opening, but you had to exhale to get through that opening, right? And otherwise, you'd get stuck. Oh fuck! <laughs> the place I went was called the Tuckalichi Caverns in Blount County, Tennessee. Hmm. All right, and that's all I have to say about that. Mm. There you go. Uh, then I know what you did last summer. Oh, Jesus. You don't like this? This, this should be uh, right up your alley. Uh, Are you kidding? Uh, Slasher movie, like, uh, silly Jennifer Love Hewitt and Sarah Michelle Gellar? Yep. Yeah, this is Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar. There's, uh, Freddie Prinze Jr. Um, Ryan Philippi. Ryan. The only, yeah, Ryan Philippi. Everybody has three names. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the kid from Big Bang Theory, who was also on Roseanne. Oh, uh, Johnny Galecki. Uh, yeah, yeah, Galecki's in this movie. Um, no, I, I guess I see why with the qualities you you listed, you might think that's right up my alley. But no, I don't like this movie. Yeah, yeah. kids hit a guy. Uh, they're they're drunk and they hit a guy and then they try to bury him. Yep, in the water. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and then a year later, they start getting all these notes that say, "I know what you did last summer." Mm-hmm. And they start getting offed one by one by a guy in a fisherman's outfit and a hook. Yep, I like it, man. I like me some Jennifer Love Hewitt. Though. I really. I'd rather, like I'll Jennifer be Hewitt. honest. Yeah. I'd rather watch the sequel because it's off the rails. Oh yeah, is it really? Is it that much more off the rails? Been a while since it, you've seen it, it, my friend. It I is guess so. Off yeah, the rails. That's the one where it's him and his son, right? And the oh, son isn't, isn't the son like hanging out with him? Yes. And then and then like there's a big reveal that he's behind it. <laughs> yes. Oh, but also hook. Jack Black trying to sell them weed like six different times oh, throughout right. the movie. <laughs> yeah. And they get to this resort. They won this trip on the radio, which, by the way, the fisherman hook guys apparently rigged. I don't know how you do that. I used to work in the radio, and I never met any fisherman with hook who wanted me to rig a contest Mm -hmm. so they could do murder. But they win this trip right at the start of storm season. And, of course, the first day of storm season, there's a fucking monster. This movie's insane, man. And uh, Check it out. Oh, yeah. Bridget Wilson was in that, too. Yeah. Oi. 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 But, yeah. Um I, yeah, I didn't like. I don't think I ever liked this movie. I have apparently a high tolerance for 
slasher movies because again i like urban legend yeah i like i guess i like uh what are you waiting for huh what are you uh, waiting for the faculty (laughs) i'm down with yeah the faculty behavior is fun yeah i'm down with basically if you got like hot young talent yes hey you were 17 when this movie came or 18 that's right right. and i and i was i was but a mere 20 so it's fine hot young talent fine if we say that about this now as a a movie that came out like this now then we'd be starting to get creepy a little bit um kiss the girls there you go baby Um, i never is this the first one he did two movies as this character. Yes, Along this Came a the Spider was the other one. I yeah. never remember which one came first. This Kiss one the came girls first. Did first. Okay. Uh, Ashley Judd, Morgan Freeman. Uh, it's about a guy who's kidnapping girls, and and as Jeremy <laughs> dramatized, dramatized uh, one time, there were doors. There were what was it? <laughs> there were walls. There were walls. Um, this this was the the 1997 was the height of my Ashley Judd uh, ism essentially because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it doesn't sound right. It doesn't. <laughs> But we're gonna go. Did you have any nocturnal Ashley Judds? I had. I had a lot of nocturnal Judds. Um, no, it was the. uh, It was the 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 summer of '97 when when uh, she and like Naomi Judd and Winona Judd and all them came in to see Air Force One, Mm -hmm. and hey, we had just gotten the Kiss the Girls poster, and I managed to uh, catch them before they left. And you still and, have it, right? Yeah. So Ashley Judd signed the poster, and I have a picture with her, like a 20-year-old strapping young man <laughs> next to Ashley Judd, who's looking gorgeous. You should put she that was, on Facebook. You found that picture, right? I did. You should put that on Facebook. Yeah. Um, She was on a roll, though. She was like in everything at this point. Yeah, she yeah, She had yeah. like movies coming out constantly. Yeah, this is that period of time where you where she was in like High Crimes, Double Jeopardy. That was another Morgan Freeman one too, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, High Crimes was, yeah. He's playing Alex Cross in this, right? Alex Cross. This is pre-Tyler Perry Alex Cross. Yes. Yeah, it was that movie mostly was just called Alex Cross. It was mostly Morgan Freeman and then and then uh Tyler Perry right. like with like the very end there, but um I don't remember too much about the movie actually. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a really. uh, slightly longer, better episode of criminal minds i remember i remember <laughs> carrie elways being all he's he was he's the bad guy in the movie i literally can't separate along came a spider and kiss the girls i can't i've never seen the long game of spider so i don't even know monica potter's in that monica potter is in that yeah yeah but that's really all the only difference i know <laughs> there's a spider in that one but uh <laughs> but yes uh ashley juddism that was uh that was uh that was a thing back yeah, in that man. year, man, 1997. But uh, yeah, anyway, on to Logan Lucky. Uh, that was the, I think that was the last Soderbergh movie that came out. Could be, yeah. Well, Maybe Unsane came out after. Unsane, yeah, they came out after. Uh, I recently saw Logan Lucky. I really, really enjoyed it. Oh, it's ocean. Awesome. It's a redneck oceans. Well, yeah, it is. I wish somebody told me that a long time ago. I mean, it's already on my list to watch in my stack of shame, but that was a pretty good sell right there. Yeah, it's, That's yeah it me. is. It is. Uh, because there's there's a lot of things that go right, and there's a lot of things that are kind of yada yada. Mm. But then there's also just little things thrown in here like the you know the fbi agent uh hillary swank Mm -hmm. that's that's a little bit wiser to them than than she lets on yeah and then you know adam driver having one arm yeah yeah 
But being, I, I'm telling you, this is where I fell in love with Adam Driver as an actor mm-hmm. <clears throat> because he he doesn't play Kylo Ren or he doesn't play the guy from Girls or anything like that. Completely unique character. Channing Tatum's great in this. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's just fantastic in this. Yeah, uh, really, really fun movie, and I'm glad I I, I finally got around to seeing. They're that. knocking off the uh, Charlotte uh, Raceway. Yeah, Charlotte Motor Speedway, and they uh, and uh, like Channing Tatum was like a worker that was helping them build some sort of tunnel underneath and i can't remember what the reason was but he gets to collect all the money the tunnel was i thought the tunnel was built because of some infrastructure oh that's right yeah and then uh so tatum gets fired because they notice him limping and they think he's a liability right and so then he, uh, because he needs money and everything, and he realizes there's a way to possibly get in through that tunnel and nobody's going to be the wiser because the alarms that go off always go off mm-hmm. because there's all these bombing and explosions and stuff that they're doing for the tunneling. So they get, he, he and Adam Driver get Daniel Craig, who's in jail. They have to oh get, my God. they have to get Daniel Craig out of jail and back in jail. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. This shit. Daniel Craig is fucking hilarious. So, uh, in this the movie. two things I've heard most are that he and Adam Driver are both really good. So. And Riley Keough. Riley Keough, yeah. Oh, uh, she of the girlfriend sh- experience. She Whoa. is smoking. Yeah. So she went from a TV show adaptation of a Soderbergh movie to co-starring in a Soderbergh mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Riley like Keough. Her. Yeah, Riley Jesus. Keough is gorgeous, but she's the sister. She's Channing Tatum and Adam Driver's sister in the movie. Which I didn't understand at the beginning. I didn't yeah. understand that dynamic. And I was like, yeah, Dude. like he's Channing Tatum's married to Katie Holmes, who has like a little uh, divorce, I guess. Yeah, right? it's a divorce. Yeah. Um, but yeah, big recommend there. Mind Hunters. Oh my god. <laughs> I've seen I've seen Mind Hunters. Uh this was Rennie Harlan directed this. Christian Slater and LL Cool J? I think it yes. might be, yeah. Uh-huh. Um uh, LL Cool J, Johnny Lee Miller. Uh, Val Kilmer's in there. It's bad. Uh, Catherine Morris is the girl. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Oh man, this. And you know what? I think so. This is 04. and this was. I think I was kind of excited for this because it was. It was before like all this criminal mind stuff and before mm-hmm. all this like you know uh, explosion of profilers and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Christian Slater and Rennie Harlan can direct a fun action movie. And this movie sucks. It's like, do you remember that movie, The Recruit, with Colin Farrell I, and absolutely. Al Pacino yes. and Bridget Moynihan? Yes. That had the same exact kind of promise. Yes. And was just as disappointing. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was. I don't remember a damn thing about this movie, and I know I saw it. <laughs> I saw it, and I remember thinking it was, it was because it's, they know they're in some kind of mind experiment. Yeah, they do. It's a training program in North Carolina. They send them to like this island, and or whatever. it starts turning in on itself right. like a hundred too many times, yes. if I remember right. Yes. But I, I remember hating it. Yes. Yeah, Wayne Kramer of the Cooler fame, co-writer of the screenplay. Really? Oh. Wow. Well, that's... which goes to show you can never really tell about <laughs> screenplay credits, like yeah. really how good they are, because a lot of times you're like, how are they involved with? these masterpieces but they were also involved with these shit turds (laughs) (laughs) shit turds uh then there's nell oh my god you know what saturday night live did a fucking nell reference in the in the episode that happened this past week are you serious yeah uh because there's a there was a whole thing about uh america's got talent and they were selling some dvd of like 
oh, they're actually good type of moments because there's all these millions of moments where somebody comes out and they don't think they're going to be good right, right. and they end up being awesome yeah. and you know they're making fun of howie mandel like here's howie mandel going crazy even though he's literally <laughs> seen this 50 times <laughs> and all that but then like <laughs> like cecily strong comes out as nell and starts saying it's like here's this here's a woman who was raised just like that woman in, in nell, <laughs> oh jody foster and, nell. and she's like and she's like chickabee and nani man and all that and then she just starts blasting the song. <laughs> hey, the wind. Hey, and the wind. And this is Jodie Foster as exactly that character that we just talked about. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Liam Neeson is yep. in this. But yeah, uh, but uh, she plays a woman who uh, was raised by a hearing impaired mother. Is that what it was? Who died. Who when died. she was like a kid. Yeah. And then she sort of invented her own sort of language um, based on that teaching, essentially. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can't remember. Do they have to, I can't remember what the law, the, the legal thing is. Does, is it they have is is she living on land that they want to develop or something? That's or? almost certainly it. It's got to be like like. Right? Like Lex Luthor wants to buy the land. When the earthquake happens, yeah. he'll have all the coastline. I can't remember. It may uh, have to do with like... IMDB is no help either. Is she treated as an adult or a child? Yeah, or a that could be another thing too. Maybe one. It's a terrible, terrible It's movie. It's basically like who who assumes the care for her at this point. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, um, My Michael Apted directed it and... Um, Oh, Natasha Richardson. Mm -hmm. mm. uh, I didn't. Jeremy Davies movie. No, I mean, yes, it's it's ripe for parody and stuff like that. But you know, it's a, it's a fairly touching movie. Mm. Yeah, Jodie Foster is very very good. Um, she puts herself in you know a, a, a different place for this character. But mm -hmm. she got nominated for the Oscar. yeah. She got nominated for an Oscar. she got nominated for an Oscar. She mm -hmm. did. Wow. Well, I mean, you know, she had to basically. In, I mean, I guess the filmmakers but probably along with her had to invent a whole language for her yeah i guess i just felt like uh, maybe maybe i just assumed and the culture received the movie the same way i did <laughs> no i think I, I think it was like critically praised wow. overall uh, I, I hated it. i don't know if it was i don't know it might have been one of those where she was but the movie wasn't hmm. um, yeah that's true yeah but, that's true but uh but yeah think about how she would have to emote words that really didn't exist and stuff like that and and i do remember that scene at the end where she's in the court and she's like you know she's saying this stuff and liam neeson at this point has learned the language mm -hmm. and can translate and everything that scene is 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 really good mm. but yeah you know there you go knights and rodanth <laughs> fuck this movie i've never seen it oh. I, I think it's actually rodanthy rodanthy yes um it's uh diane lane and richard Gere. ah reteaming uh, after unfaithful this was yeah this was after unfaithful yeah because this was 2008 uh, uh he dies she can't get over it and it's just mopey and teary and just annoying as shit james franco's in this well that's see you could have said that part he plays richard gears uh he plays richard gears son who is doing like a like a doctors without borders thing in like guatemala or something of course like he is that. of course he is and uh this oh, fuck this movie. it's it's not nicholas oh, it is nicholas sparks yeah 
Oh, oh yeah. yeah, it's based on a Nicholas Sparks novel. Yes. Okay, then let me go back. Isn't isn't, isn't Diane Lane in like five of those? Yes, mm. I think so. She's in a ton of these <laughs> Nicholas Sparks. Well, there's a ton of these like romantic dramas that are set in fucking North Carolina. I don't yeah. know what the deal is, but all right. maybe that's where Sparks lives. Maybe so. I mean, she may not be, but it seems like she's in a It does. It does seem like uh, Then we have the aforementioned Tin Cup, although... Now, see, here's, here's, a, here's a note, because Tin Cup is mostly in Texas, mm-hmm. but the U.S. Open that they play is in North Carolina, and, uh, and, and Barrett is right. We're going to have a million in Texas, so yep. we might as well talk about it here. Um, Tin Cup is fantastic as well. Another Ron Shelton movie... I think this is uh this might I I think this is might even be better than Bull Durham even. I think this is in the running for best sports movie of all time. Yeah. I don't think that's hyperbole. I think it's it's had enough time and you know breathing room to be able to comfortably make that Isn't it weird how many of those Costner's involved with though, those mm-hmm. candidates mm-hmm. because I would think Field of Dreams would be in that conversation mm-hmm. as would Bull Durham. Some would think Bull Durham would be. I think this is better than Bull Durham. Um but that that may just be some kind of bias i played a lot of baseball growing up Mm. and i watched a ton of major league baseball but minor league baseball has always been this weird distant thing to me that (laughs) i've never really understood um and golf on the other hand is not that i have watched golf all my life with my dad every sunday i have played a lot of golf in my life and so maybe it's that's just made made it makes it more accessible to me um i'm not sure Uh, i don't know i mean but you as you were saying rascally rapscallion-y, scoundrelly characters, it doesn't get any more like that than Costner's role. Even, I mean, he's he's playing a very similar character to Bull Durham, I guess, but um, in this one, he's such a hard-headed prick that he gets in his own way, Mm -hmm. and you see that at the very end, but he just, he can't help but get in his own way. I love the relationship between him and Cheech Marin Mm -hmm. and this. It's so good. Um, uh, And uh, that one... Uh, that there's that part where they have their their full on meltdown and everything, and Cheech Marin's like, you know, he's like, you know what, I'm tired and I can't do, you can't take, I can't watch you do this anymore. You have all the talent in the world and all that. Yeah. And uh, and uh, the ending to this is one of the greatest of all time. Like, absolutely, they, they could have gone for that storybook ending, and it wouldn't have been as nearly as special or memorable. No. No. And uh, I'm and, getting goosebumps thinking about it, mm-hmm. and I know the music. Yeah. <laughs> anyway that's when the guys are diving into the water it's a perfect ending because you get all of the the good feelings and all of the 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 miserableness yeah like at the same time it's almost like a la la land there's a yeah (laughs) yeah exactly it's exactly like that um the the ending where he is trying to make this one shot and and he's just trying to get it on the green he doesn't even care about getting it in the hole he just wants to keep it on the green yeah because he's going for it on a par five right and, yep. in two yep. rather than laying up yeah and uh, which is the which was the smart thing to do considering he's about to freaking win the u.s yeah, he's Open. got the lead by but a he, couple, right? but he, he re- but he, he lives on a sort of a different code where it's like Making this shot is more important than winning the entire yeah. tournament, especially and, because he's tried every day in the tournament yeah. and failed. One day he he did it because he wanted the course record. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, I, I can lay up and make birdie, but or you know, if I get eagle, it's a course record or whatever. Yeah. He's a, such a stubborn prick. But yeah, by the time he gets to that fourth day, mm-hmm. that shot matters more than 
almost anything. Yeah. Almost anything. Yeah. And a, a lesser movie would have let him make it mm-hmm. on the first swing. Well, and they do this. It's so great how they do it, too, because it's the first one. You're like, we're home. He's like, he's got it. And it lands on the green and then it <laughs> bounces into the water. And, uh, you know, and he's like, all right, well, you know, we're, we're still good. Let's just go ahead and lay this up and everything. He's like, ball. And then it's like, he takes another shot at it. And then like, there's this whole, like this, it's a car wreck type of oh, thing yeah. where, cause he's, he's shooting, he's shooting so many balls that if he runs out of balls, he has to disqualify himself from the tournament. Yep. There's and, a guy in the TV tower. He's like, somebody tell him he doesn't have to hit him. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, somebody tackle him. <laughs> because actually he could, he could drop like right next yeah. to it. Yeah. And just chip on. Yeah. But he has to make it from that 225 well, or whatever. That's why it is. it's so great is that is what Renee Russo says at the end. She's like, no one's going to remember. Ten years, no one's going to remember who won this tournament, but they're <laughs> going to remember your 12 <laughs> forever. Yeah. My God, it's immortal. <laughs> so he gets the girl, yep. f- fails spectacularly. And honestly, ultimately, what got him the girl was the same thing that defined his personality all along mm-hmm. was to, to, to try when nobody else would. Anyway, yep. I love that fucking movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tin Cup's great. And then finally, we have A Walk to Remember, which I've never seen. Oh, geez. I saw this. This is the... Mandy Moore Gets Cancer. This is, yes, no, Mandy is Moore Gets Cancer. Switchfoot does the soundtrack. Oh, really? <laughs> well, her dad's a preacher. I'm pretty sure this is like some kind of is a this religious... this Dare You to Move, Switchfoot? <laughs> it's pretty... Yes, it you... No, it is Dare yeah, You to Move, Switchfoot. Yeah, that's on the soundtrack. Okay. Um, I, I am, still am, was a huge Switchfoot fan. I'm not mm. making fun of Switchfoot. No, I like him. Uh, but when you have five Switchfoot songs in your movie, mm-hmm. you're, you're signaling something <laughs> yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, you are. Um, <clears throat> and Shane West is in this. Yep. It's terrible. It's yeah. dour. She's going to die mm-hmm. from moment one. Basically, like my life for teens. Yeah, they're in high school. <laughs> they're in fucking high. No, seriously. That's exactly what this is. Yeah. And it's depressing as fuck. And yeah, she, I guess, inspires in a weird way. She's like the cancer pixie dream girl. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the only reason I made that reference is I'm, ri- I'm writing my second book. And I have a love interest, a potential future love interest for my main character. They're 15 at this point. And I have written her pretty quirky. And I stopped cold last night and went, am I writing a man at Pixie Dream Girl? <laughs> and I went and like Googled. And fortunately for me, quirky is only part of the 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 cliche with the manic Pixie Dream Girl. The, the second most important part is that she serves no real purpose other than to let the male character realize he needs to stop and smell the roses and that's kind of what happens in this movie which is why i mean <laughs> exactly that. uh the rundown on this the butcher's wife i never saw this i know it's a demi moore movie yeah man um jeff daniels um i is can't jeff remember daniels or jeff bridges jeff bridges sorry I no it's jeff this. daniels it's jeff daniels it is jeff daniels that's right um, jeff daniels and jeff bridges ever been in the same movie probably the two jeffs i would i mean <laughs> Don't you right now want to stop and go get Aaron Sorkin to write something for those two to co-star? That would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I can do the uh, advanced IMDb search. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you like a paid member or something? No, no I mean, you can do that on your own uh, without uh, membership. The Butcher's wow. Wife won a Golden Raspberry for Worst <laughs> Actress. Oh, oh that's always um, a good sign. Or uh, She was nominated. She did not win, unfortunately. Oh. It's probably because she lost to Halle Berry. Uh, George DeZunza is in this hmm. Remember? I, th- I think it's zunza zunza yeah uh, i feel like it should be Dezunza, though. yeah it should be it should be 
Jeff Bridges, Jeff Daniels. Search. <laughs> uh, no results. Mm, there you go. All right there, casting directors, get on it. Yeah. Um, then we have uh, George Washington, which I believe is the David Gordon Green's uh, first, I think it's David Gordon Green's first movie. It's wow. got to be right around there because it's 2000. Um, this is like a, like a, like a drama, I think. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not a, uh, is it like a, here comes a general? It's a it, bunch of children in a depressed a small town in North Carolina who band together to cover up a tragic mistake. So it's not about George Washington at all. Um, no, not no, about I don't think so. The only, the only actor that I, I recognize in the cast is Paul Schneider, who, um, was on Parks and Rec, and he's been in a couple other David Gordon Green movies. Uh, it was his feature film debut as a screenwriter, film director, and film producer. I remember this uh, getting really good reviews. Um, I just have never seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have. By the way, speaking of reviews, I looked up. There, somebody made a comment uh, on SoundCloud, I think, about Hunter Killer, about how it was you know ridiculous. They were saying that your description of Midway oh, of being like a bunch of an hour of arguing and, and then an a bunch hour of Pacific yeah. battle. Apparently, that's the same thing with Hunter Killer. And so I looked up, and it, it, the commenter said, "I actually still like the movie, even though it was that." And I looked up the the Rotten Tomato score was thirty six, thirty eight percent, or something like that, with the critics. But then it's got a seven point oh in IMDb, and the critic or the audience score on rotten tomatoes is like 82 percent so apparently there's a big disconnect between Gerard butler man he's just never gonna stop making batshit insane movies <laughs> right i bet you at some point the submarine jumps over a island in that movie you never saw geostorm did you <laughs> no <laughs> oh my god you're gonna catch that one day one day one day <laughs> i did see curious. storm of the century into the storm which oh. is the one with the planes on the airport tumbling over in the trailer? I saw that one. Yeah. That was Storm of the... S- into the Storm? No, that was Into the Storm. Into the Storm, the storm. yeah. yeah. The storm. Uh, then we have Junebug. I have seen this. This was... Um, I think Amy Adams got nominated for this. Oh, really? Um, uh, this was a good movie. I, I, this was sort of what introduced me to Amy Adams. She plays like a, a pregnant... I think it's expecting her first child or whatever, but... I don't even know if she's the main character of this. I, I think it's. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's M. Beth Davids, and she's like some art dealer or something like that. And uh, I guess there's a there's a piece that she's coming out to see. And M. Beth Davids is like some like New York or you know big city person, and she has to come down to North Carolina, and it's all like you know backwards to her, but she sort of starts uh, understanding you know the Southern culture a lot better through hmm. all this. And it's one of those you know city mouse country mouse type mm-hmm. of thing but uh amy adams is darling in this movie yeah this is one that that i really want to catch well yeah this was 2005 so you would have caught it right i would <laughs> have indeed <laughs> the year of the catching yes indeed i caught caught it all uh then there's main street i've never seen this colin firth movie yeah no i don't know hit me up i might have seen this 2010 Directed by John Doyle, Colin Firth, Ellen Burstyn, Patricia Clarkson, Orlando Bloom, Amber Tamblin. Um, a lot of people. Nope. Each of the colorful citizens of a close-knit North Carolina community uh, will search for ways to reinvent themselves. That's like the most general fucking description ever. Yep, and somehow they got funding for all those people to be in that movie. Yeah. And yet nobody will give me a dime to make my movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I haven't really. I ha- uh, to be honest, I haven't asked. Uh, the box office for Main Street uh, was $2,560. Mm. 
So okay, about so, three times what the Billionaire Boys Club made? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, just for official sake, fuck that movie. You saw uh, it? Yeah. Yeah, it was on Showtime. I was like, well, okay, why not? Hmm. Like, I mean, I like Ansel Isn't Edgar. he only mm. in it for like a bit of it? He's only in like what they could easily have done what they did with all the money in the world. But I'm guessing the reason they didn't was they knew they had a shit movie. Yeah. Because it's awful. It feels like it feels like a dramatic reenaction on one of those like crime crime of the century where there's a narrator and then bad actors from soap operas are like acting out the oh, stabbings. Dear. It felt like that. Mm. Ooh, it was bad. Uh, then we have Masterminds. I did see this. Um, Zach Galifianakis is in this as well. Uh, Kristen Wiig, Owen Wilson. There's a ton of people. Um, in this. Kate McKinnon, Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. Um, this is a movie about a guy who works for like Brinks or something like that, like a security company. And, uh, he falls in love with Kristen Wiig, even though he is, uh, engaged to be married, uh, to Kate McKinnon. Hmm um but falls in love with Kristen wig who works with him at brinks and then she gets fired and then um she she starts talking to owen wilson and owen wilson's like this real like i mean he's not a real like mastermind criminal guy this is the mastermind is obviously ironic title Mm -hmm. um but he says he says something like uh he he cooks up this idea that she should like pretend like she's into him into zach galifianakis and then they cook up this thing where they steal all the freaking money mm. and then and he goes off to mexico or whatever and and uh, lays low or whatever so like there's a heist where he's he is finally convinced to do it he goes in he steals like it's 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 apparently one of the biggest uh heists ever yeah it's like, based on a real thing it's like right? yeah it's a it's a based on a real thing and it's like, you know, it's one of these like ungodly amount of money, like $10 million or something like mm. that is how much they steal. And, uh, they, they do everything pretty much right, except they're, they're, they were, he, he goes into like, um, mess with the security cameras, but he misses one. Mm. And, uh, and so they know he's a part of it, but he's off in Mexico and he, and he thinks that Owen Wilson's going to give him like money while he's in Mexico. But the whole point is Owen Wilson wants to just steal the money and have no connection to the robbery whatsoever Mm. and all that. It's one of those movies. I think it would have been better had they not tried to make it a bunch of comedic actors and try Mm. to make it a comedy and everything. Cause the, the the funniness or the interestingness of that story could play pretty well as if you if you played it straightforward but instead you have zach galifianakis playing you know doing his southern accent like this the whole time you know and it's he's got some a couple of choice moments or whatever mm-hmm. Kristen wig does too but they could I, I, that's what i kept thinking during watching this whole movie i was like just make it if you just made it straightforward mm-hmm. would have been fine mm-hmm. instead you tried to make it a comedy and it's name uh maximum overdrive this is where you have uh (laughs) all the cars and machines and shit come to life emilio estevez this was uh (laughs) written and directed by stephen yes and from what i understand this was the high point of him being no no pun intended of him being on a lot of coke oh really yeah like uh the the apparently like during the filming of that movie he was very high on coke ah well there you go yeah and that would explain burning the tail at both ends (laughs) yeah uh but i i i just what i understand from that uh, does anybody remember much about maximum i never saw it never oh, yeah? saw it I've, I've seen it once i don't remember much about it other than you know 
machines go crazy <laughs> machines uh the odd life of timothy green which i explained i have not seen but i did like the song uh the credits song. Yeah. <laughs> uh but uh but uh, jeremy you had a you had a, a good description of this like little boy tree <laughs> or something like that <laughs> I little, remember what I said. little boy grow grows in a garden <laughs> that's good enough <laughs> uh, jennifer garner and uh i can't remember joel the, edgerton joel edgerton uh want to have a kid and they apparently can't but then they plant their hopes and wishes in a garden i don't know what the hell sure man they do i don't know what they do they plant something in the garden and it grows into their son and he goes to heaven and comes back and tells jennifer garner that heaven is for real there you go yep yep that's nice. correct what is that movie that joel edgerton is directing that's that we saw the trailer for and, uh, uh, oh shit is it boy, boy erased? erased oh that looks really good it does boy erased. Um, oh boy erased he directed that mm-hmm. oh it's getting pretty good reviews oh yeah this is the the one where the gay conversion yeah, they, thing they, yeah, they yeah. send lucas Manchester. hedges yeah. to uh a yeah gay um was it uh transforming camp or whatever yeah, whatever like you want to call it uh then there's raw deal you know what <laughs> i should have seen this but i haven't i've never seen raw i deal. just remember raw the marketing deal. tag because we made fun of it all the time because mm-hmm. it was they gave him a raw deal <laughs> <laughs> nobody gives him a raw deal <laughs> yes oh my oh, god that's the height of 80s-ness right there <laughs> oh my god i mean you look at this poster this is okay so this is 86 so this is when was uh, this was right before predator right predator was 87 yeah, right it's before predator so this is like him there was a lot of these type of schwarzenegger movies yeah, that would just pop you, up like you know like uh, was it red heat and uh yeah yeah and uh those type of movies it's after it's after the terminator but in the terminator he had so few lines that you could you know he, he was fine as an well, yeah, actor he right? became i think he may have officially become a true action star with commando i think commando yeah, was yeah. The, the big one 85 maybe when yeah. that came out and then then he was sort of a go-to like like how we look upon like somebody like jason statham or somebody or like the that. rock yeah yeah the rock uh um back then and uh you would see him in these you know very very uh testosterone fueled <laughs> movies um then there is Road to Nowhere. I've never seen this, but I bet Jeremy has. Well, let's see who's in <laughs> this it. This has Shannon Sossaman and Dominic Swain in it. Wow. <laughs> in 2010. Give me a synopsis. Um, a promising young filmmaker named Mitchell Haven invites Laurel Graham, an unknown actress, to play Velma Duran, a person involved in a financial scandal that made headlines. Nope never saw it okay I, although i don't blame you for thinking i would have. yeah 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 i mean when i see those two names i want to see it well even yeah if it's... like me some shannon sauceman mm-hmm. and then there's safe haven which i have never seen this is another nicholas sparks movie isn't it yep josh duhamel and so i guess nicholas sparks is from north carolina then. has to be man because i because isn't isn't dear john even maybe from north carolina i feel like all those nicholas sparks movies have those broken fence on a beach with the wispy wheat (laughs) sticking out that i see in north carolina when i go there um yeah i mean he's in northern california now he went to california state um he was born in nebraska all right so i don't know what the deal is dear john was shot in north carolina but it also was shot in south carolina so maybe it was a south carolina movie hmm 
I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's North Carolina for you. There you go. Make more movies, North Carolina. That's right. Offer better incentives to studios to shoot there. I tell you what, though, man. Like it's got it's got some good stuff in there. The Bull Durham and the Ten Cup and the the uh, uh, Cape Fear being yeah. The there's a lot of good stuff in there. So uh, we've we've got some time for some recommends and warns and questions. What? That's right, baby. Totes amaze balls. They're great. It won the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made. What? Let's do it. You want to kick it off, Chris? Sure. Warm it up, Chris. Uh, you know, it's funny. I've seen a million movies since we've last done a recommend. It's and, been a minute, by the way. Since yeah. We've done one of these. Uh, but there's been a lot of movies that I've seen that I that I, I can't quite recommend. Like mid '90s, I thought that was okay. So that was just okay. To me, it was. It might be better for other people out there. It might be that you have to be a skateboard person to like really, really get into that movie. I don't know. Like mid-90s, uh, I kept during the whole thing wondering why this had to be set in the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. Like there was, there's some music and there's, yeah, skateboarding became a big deal in the 90s. But I never, there's not really anything in there that makes me go and i liked it like mm-hmm. don't, don't get me wrong i liked it it's just it didn't feel like special to me at all that's a shame i was actually really looking forward to that one and i saw halloween and i didn't like that too much i liked the ending of halloween but hmm. i didn't really like much of anything leading up to really? it really oh man and uh so I've, I've watched a whole bunch of stuff and it's funny i watched don't worry you won't get far on foot which has joaquin phoenix and jonah hill yeah, and, yeah. It, and the kid the main kid from mid 90s is in that movie mm-hmm. at the very like there's a part where uh, joaquin phoenix plays a guy a cartoonist who um is was in a horrible accident uh and uh and he's he's in a wheelchair the whole time and so that you see him he's he drives his wheelchair around like an asshole he's like just going through sidewalks <laughs> and not even looking when he goes across streets and all that and there's a point where he falls out of his wheelchair and a bunch of skateboarders come over and like hey help him and everything like that and one of those kids is the guy from the oh Atlantic. that's funny oh, wow. uh but um i had to reach deep deep i had to find a movie that i had seen in the last maybe two months that was really good and at least worth uh recommending and i i fell on gus van sant's elephant and gus van sant did don't worry he won't get far on oh, wow. well. but i got i uh i watched the movie elephant i didn't know what it was about i remember the movie coming out i never really looked into it or anything it's like a school shooting thing it's right? a school shooting thing and it's uh it is it, it mirrors columbine enough that it feels like it is columbine mm. but it's not and the way that uh, he shoots this, it's it's really compelling because he'll follow a group of people or a couple or a single individual around the school on this day, and then he'll cut and he'll go to another uh, group, single individual, whatever. Um, and it's at the it's at that same time. Oh. So he's going back in time. He keeps telling up the story up to a point and then coming back. And hmm. telling this person, and so you'll see like a lot of little overlaps in there, where where a couple comes by and talks to these three cheerleaders, and and uh, the three cheerleaders gossip about the couple, huh. and then they come back later, and then they follow the cheerleaders around, hmm. and uh, and it and it and it has a little bit more to say than here are here's a school shooting, here was what happened that day or whatever. They go really kind of get deep into the characters and everything of this too, like. It shows sort of a, you know, sort of a, I don't know, a kind of a, 
a snapshot of youth today, that type of thing where, uh, you know, you know, these people who are, you, you do have sort of a sense of dread all the way through because mm. you know what's going to happen and you follow the two kids too who end up doing the shooting. Mm. Um, but uh, you see that uh, a lot of the kids there are, are, are troubled in some way as well. They would never do what these two kids do, but, uh, they have other, everybody has issues. And that's mm. the reason why, like, when you, when you combine all these people all into one place, you have sort of a, a almost powder keg course mm. sort of thing. Uh, really interestingly told. And yes, you will, you will sort of, uh, you'll, you'll, it'll make your skin crawl a little bit and mm. the way it all sets up and the way it goes down and all that. Um, but I highly recommend it if you, if you're in the, if you're in the mindset. Mm hmm. Cool. Uh, so I will go with that one. Uh, my warn is going, I could warn on a lot of movies. Actually. <laughs> I've seen a lot of movies that I did not like, but the one that I decided to, uh, for whatever reason, I decided to, um, to pick on was Hotel Artemis. Ooh. Oh, um, <clears throat> this thing came and went from theaters, didn't it? It did. And I remember being semi excited about it. I wanted to actually see this movie in theaters and yeah. it, and it came and went. So I never did. So it came out on Blu-ray. I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go and watch this. And, uh, it's such a, it's a premise that I feel like should be way more fun than it is. Uh, it's a, it's this hotel where criminals go to get, to get, uh, you know, their, you know, stitches and bullets taken out of them. And it's all a, that. it's a hospital, but it's a hotel. Uh, yeah, essentially it's a, it's a hotel with Jodie Foster is, uh, like the person that helps them. Mm. Yeah. It's a hospital too. It's like mm. a hotel slash hospital. A lot of good people in this. Yeah. Uh, you have Sterling K Brown in this and you have, uh, you have Sophia Batella who I'm in love with. <laughs> I'm just, just going to go right out there and say it. I'm in love with her. Um, you have, uh, Jeff Goldblum shows up. You have Dave Batista. You have, uh, how is Dave Batista in this? He's great. Way? He's great in it. I feel like. As opposed to uh, Dwayne Johnson, I feel like there's a lot that he could he could end up doing. Yeah, well, he he has a I think he has a great scene in Blade Runner. He's got a terrific scene. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the guy can, has some chops. Yeah, man. yeah. And um, but uh, he's good in it. And uh, and then Jenny Slate shows up at some point <laughs> in this. Yeah, but uh, there's this whole and Charlie Day plays this like asshole assassin guy or like rich assassin or I don't know if he's an assassin. He just may be just a rich asshole is hmm. what he is. But, um, but yeah, there's this whole thing where like, uh, they have a, there's a robbery at the very beginning of it and his partner gets shot. This is the reason why they end up at the, at the hotel and, uh, they steal something from one of the customers inside the bank that another like big bad really wants to have once. Oh. And, and it's actually his property, so to speak or whatever. And so like, there's a, there's a whole thing where they want to infiltrate the hotel and, and get it back from them and everything. So it's got a really interesting premise, but ended up just, I just didn't like it. It, was it just well, wasn't well executed. Just, I didn't feel like it was well executed. Not, not very much fun to be mm -hmm. had. Like that should be a fun thing to me. Like, and you know, just like any movie, you know, you see it, you see it that first time. That's your first impression. Maybe I'm wrong, but I know that, you know, on the IMDb, it looks like most people agree. It's like a 5.6 or something like that. Feels like it should just be a more fun movie, yeah. a funner movie. Oh, and it's shame. just, and it's not, it's got a great premise, but I don't think it pays off. Yeah. That's a lot of good people yeah. in there to not. 
and, to not succeed. And it's getting, I'm getting to the point now, though, man, where I'm seeing this way too often, where they hire like everybody under the sun to be in a movie, and they expect it to. I think they expect it to be good because mm-hmm. of it. Um, watching some comedies lately where they have everybody who's funny in it, and yeah. I think they just believe that they'll make the whatever material funny, and it. It hardly Office ever- Christmas party. I'm looking at your doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was watching uh, that. The, I was watching Reno 911 Miami came on uh-huh. recently, and that's that's okay for what it is or whatever. But is, that has is that a, the movie? Huh? Is that the movie or is that? Yeah, it's the movie. That's the movie. Did yeah. you like it? Uh, it's got moments yes. in it for yes. sure. But that's another movie where they've gotten everybody in. Like, mm-hmm. I think they did that in the show, too. They had, like, yeah. cameos oh, and yeah. stuff. And so, like, everybody from that old, the old state uh, group is uh-huh. in that and everything. And and then Patton Oswalt's in it and all that. But, uh, but it, and that might be a bad example, but there's a lot of, like, comedies that do that, right? Let's throw everybody in mm-hmm. there. It'll be funny because they're, they're all funny. So they'll make this material great. And it just doesn't work that yep, way. Yep. 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 Hi. What do you think? Hi. You got some recommends? No. No. I got a record warn and a warn. Nice. I'm coming to the table with mediocrity and bad stuff. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't seen anything since the last recommend that I can, like, <laughs> crow about in a good way that I hadn't already seen, like, game night. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, <laughs> for, for the 17th time? Yes. My, my, I'm, I'm definitely settling in there on that movie. <laughs> uh, the Tribes of Paulos Verdes. Okay. This is a Jeremy movie. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of it. Might have gone straight to (laughs) home video, got people in it that you know, and it's fairly (laughs) recent, so Jeremy's going to watch it. The people you know, Jennifer Garner is the reason to watch this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally, I may have just missed the movie. I've never seen her like this. She's a terrible mother, constantly on all kinds of drugs, Hmm. paranoid, cussing like crazy. Hmm. Um, and that is why I'm warning this because mm. she entertained the shit out of me all the way through. Huh. Now, this is about a family that moves to this uh, Palos Verdes suburb in California. Uh, the daughter is Maka Monroe. Yeah, from It Follows. From It Follows. Oh. Um, and Alicia Silverstone is the only other famous person. That's who the dad is having an affair with that's sending Jennifer Garner down a spiral. When was the, uh, when was this? 2017. Inter- oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, and it's basically the son is also spiraling out with drugs. There's some custody, family drama. A lot of movies have done what this movie's trying to do better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was compelled enough to watch to the end, and I was I felt it was rewarding to watch Jennifer Garner play such a toxic, terrible. Even though she's kind of right, because uh, her she suspects her husband of cheating on her because he is. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's a great scene where she goes to the country club where she knows her husband is playing. C- couple's tennis with his like new woman Mm -hmm. and uh well she says some things that well betty white would probably not necessarily say without (laughs) cringing a little bit and it's just it's fantastic for me because i just know jennifer garner as everyone's girl next door and even on alias she was this sweetheart uh i mean even when i might have seen her act tough or get dramatic i've never seen this and it, was, it was entertaining by the way yeah, she's in a show called camping that's on hbo yeah i've been seeing ads i for saw it. one episode i didn't like it but uh that was actually i was going to switch my warn to that because, oh okay uh we could talk about it now though go ahead it's it's cringe comedy mm-hmm. with unlikable characters that yeah. was in a dunham right 
uh, yeah. Lena Dunham. Yeah, exactly. That, that crew that did Girls is all in that. Yeah, it's like you is know, all doing it. Uh, the very beginning of the office, uh, both offices really mm-hmm. uh, were set up to be unlikable characters in super cringe comedy. Mm-hmm. This is back when Steve Carell, for the U.S. version, had thinning hair and shit like mm-hmm. that. Um, and like those didn't land for me. Like it, it only it was only like second season and afterwards. Where like you identified with the characters, you actually like connected with a few of them. Uh, where I thought it really, you know, got going with camping. You know, I haven't finished the series or anything like that, but like Jennifer Gardner is awful in mm. this in this show. Like she's an awful character. Like she plays it well, but she's an awful character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's hard to like get. And you know, uh, David Tennant is is her husband, and he's just a pushover. And like the rest of the family, like there's just all yeah, the family, the friends. Lewis. Yes, Juliette Lewis. She's she's kind of funny and gets yeah. hella naked in the first episode. Yeah, she does. Uh, but yeah, it's not good. Not yeah. good. A big warn. Anyway, I usurped your your thing. That's all right. My warn is a movie called Submission, uh, mm. made in the last few years with <laughs> Stanley Tucci. Did you see that headline that I sent? Yes, I clicked <laughs> through to read the. I read the review. That's about how I felt about this movie. <laughs> He's a horny uh, college professor, Ooh, right? Addison Timlin. Mm. Yes, mm-hmm. and she has a few moments. And then, um, not Julia Roberts is his wife, uh, Kira Sedgwick. (laughs) In fact, the whole movie, I kept wondering. (laughs) (laughs) When she and Julia Roberts are in that stepmom movie together. Is it stepmom? I think it was stepmom. They were in a movie together, and, I, and they looked so much alike at that point in time. Um, I kept wondering why she was in this, but she does have a good scene at the end. Uh, but Stanley Tucci is a guy, this is a very similar opening setup to Wonder Boys. He had a very successful debut novel that landed him a job as a writing professor at a prestigious university and he has struggled to put out anything since and he's writing and writing and his editors are calling looking for the book now just go watch wonder boys yeah <laughs> yeah uh but he has a student who's the girl's name you just said addison Timlin. that that girl um and she has written a story and she asks him after class would you would you mind i don't know what's putting you out would you, would you read is this? she the anna pack one Yes. Basically. <laughs> if you read this, if you read this, um, you know, I really appreciate your feedback with it. Okay. So he reads it and her story is about a student who fucks her professor. Oh, and you never really know watching this movie. If her story is any good, you definitely get the sense it's not. But the way movies like this work, whatever her prose was, the movie could try and claim it was great writing or bad writing and just let the characters tell us. But he thinks it's great. Of course, mm-hmm. he's just a horn, horned up old professor. <laughs> and through a few more chapters, and she she rips on everybody else in class, but she's never shared any of her own writing. And he tends to start agreeing with her her critiques of other writers. And then finally, the other students are like, she should bring something in to write. And she does. And it's her book about fucking the professor. And they all tear it up. Hmm. All the other students are like, this is the worst thing we've read all year. And Stanley Tucci's like, I'm ashamed that you can't see that she's doing something new because he's just clouded by his boner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> helps her buy a computer, helps her carry it upstairs, begins to fuck her. Mm-hmm. Basically, she sets up the scenario so that it's very much like the characters in her book. Only then he chips his tooth and they stop fucking. Anyway, this is a weird movie you shouldn't watch. <laughs> yeah. But she's playing him the whole time. And 
goes to the school board and reports him as a sexual abuser. Uh-huh. And he has to go to this hearing to defend himself. And at the hearing, she starts telling all the stories of their accounts, but telling them from the wounded, assaulted girl perspective. And everything he has done all along the way makes him look guilty as fuck. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, as the movie watcher, she kind of seduced him. She's also got a book deal with his editor and publisher. Oh, she's gonna put her book out. But the best scene is then he goes home and he realizes, well, shit, I've lost my job. I'm gonna have to tell my wife something. This is going to be news. And he, just, he says, let's go out to dinner. Let's go to this family fa- fancy restaurant we never go to. And it backfires because there's no one there. And he specifically says in the narration he's taking her there so to be crowded <laughs> so that she won't scream and shout at it. But there's only one other table. <laughs> and she goes off. It's it's like she runs the other table out of the restaurant because she's just not holding back. Her this is Kira Sedgwick? Yeah, Kira Sedgwick. Mm. She just goes off. But other than that one scene, I wasn't sure why she decided to take this movie. And at, at the end of watching this movie, I didn't feel very good or entertained. Is this a drama or a comedy? Or It's a drama. Hmm. There are a few moments of levity, but it's a drama. And hmm. then, of course, at the end, he starts writing a memoir. And like the movie is like redeeming this guy oh really and i'm like fuck that noise like mm. basically everybody but kira sedgwick is a fuckwad in this movie <laughs> and i didn't enjoy watching it so it's my warn by the way two corrections here one i said the anna pack one because i was thinking of 25th you hour katie but i meant katie holmes from wonder boys but mm-hmm. it's just the, the analogy still works by the way uh katie holmes and wonder boys we're talking we i know we had a um a uh, question about like sexy looks and all that mm-hmm. and everything she has another one in that one because because <laughs> i brought up the the shoulder thing and yeah. go yeah in wonder boys there's that one where she's like i can read this for you or whatever and just gives michael douglas that long look and everything i'm kind of a katie holmes you know apologist i guess sure I man I even love, in logan lucky i love me some katie holmes mm-hmm. um but uh, also, the only movie Julia Roberts and Kira Sedgwick have ever been in is something to talk about. You're right. It wasn't Stepmom. Yeah. But that was the same era. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like the same, yeah, same And ni- Julia 90s. Roberts and Kira Sedgwick looked alike back then. I'm oh, not yeah. crazy. No, they, no, no, no okay. they did. All right. I just, it, it would be hilarious if Kira Sedgwick went through a career. It's no, not yeah. Julia Roberts. Oh, I hope she doesn't <laughs> listen. And if she does, Kira, you were fantastic in that submission movie I just told everybody not to watch. Are she and Kevin Bacon still together? Mm-hmm. I think so. Wow. That that may have outlasted they've, like. Well, they've always they've always been uh, championed for their uh, long lasting marriage. Yeah. like they like people always come out of the woodwork to talk about it. Like, yeah. it's amazing what kind of marriage they have. You know, and I think they've them. been around. They still have sex. Yeah, I think it's been like is it it's maybe twenty five years now they've been together or something like that. They're both uh, unusual looking. They are. Uh, Kira Sedgwick. It's weird because she does look like she looks like a like a different version of julia roberts like mm. like a more angular mm-hmm. version of julia roberts That's fair she's always been unusual like even in in uh i was about to say swingers in uh, singles. singles anyway there you go. um there you go so you anyway have, do you have a recommend i do have a recommend all right so we went to see suspiria on mm-hmm. uh, on sunday i love that phil collins song yes <laughs> yes suspiria. uh this is the remake of the horror classic 1977 Dario Argento. Mm-hmm. And I was fucking psyched to see this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luca Guadagnino. His name is hard for Italians to pronounce, probably. <laughs> this is the guy that did Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm. And uh, and what was this other thing that was that was very... I Am Love is the other one. I Am Love is the other one. Um, 
And uh, I didn't know what to expect with this because it, it, it's been a long time since I saw the original Suspiria. Uh, but I am familiar with the story. And the trailer was just dynamite. Mm. One of the best trailers I've seen in forever. And we're kind of in a golden age of trailers. Um, and uh, after the movie, uh, I didn't I didn't know what to think about it because it's it's dense. It's uh, got a lot of allegorical stuff. Um, it's very arty. It's very beautiful, but it's very confusing. And once I had time to untangle my shit, uh, my brain wires, I love this movie. I think this movie is one of my favorite that I've seen uh, this year. It's got some balls. Uh, yeah, for a movie with like two male characters in it mm-hmm. three technically but i'll get to that uh it's got balls <laughs> yeah it's just the, the the way i the what i mean by that is just that it it really sort of decides that once it's going to wallow around in this kind of like craziness it really goes all the way instead of just you know yeah it really does pulling back for whatever reason this this movie made me think about mother a lot mm-hmm uh the darren aronofsky movie that i love mm-hmm. uh very divisive though isn't that the one that got like a like an f for the cinema score yes um i don't know i haven't looked up uh what the uh the overall reception is for suspiria uh but i assume it's probably also divisive uh probably among audience members and less so with critics it'll probably be a decent critical hit uh jeremy i think by the way this is there's there's definitely some horror elements to it mm. but this this isn't like a typical horror movie so i mm. think actually you may like this mm. you will definitely like dakota johnson she is like she's kinetic she is like the life of this movie she had to go to therapy after she filmed it did she really yeah i can imagine look yeah dakota johnson's great they, I'm, I'm sorry that she was in these 50 shades movies mm-hmm. but she's really good in those um but you know the how to be single movie after i saw that i was like man she might actually be good we just don't haven't been able to see her in anything yes that is good yet yeah and i hear she's very good in uh, bad times at the el royale yeah i've heard that too um and uh and in this she's finally just allowed to just be an actor in this and no kidding she's really fucking good in this i don't know what she trained like what ballet company if she has a background in ballet but she kicks ass in the dance scenes that she is in it's interesting because uh we saw this with uh with our buddy jonathan Mm -hmm. and uh he said there wasn't a whole lot of dancing in no, the original, the original one, no. Uh, which I didn't really remember. It's about a dance company, though, so I just kind of like this, formed that. This is head. a remake of an original movie that has almost nothing to do with the original movie. Yeah, it's got the same characters, it's but they go in the, different directions. The similarity is new girl goes to a ballet school. The ballet school has witches in mm-hmm. it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's the only similarity between the two movies. Uh, now, I really, really like the original movie. This one is by far better i think think. it is i think it is uh i read a lot of articles uh reviews and just trying to make sense of this uh that that said it was the best horror remake of all time and i don't know what really to compare it to i'm sure there's a bunch of them Mm. uh including halloween uh but 
I, 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 I don't wouldn't argue with that. Yeah. Um, um, Rotten Tomatoes has it at 62% with a 6.7 out of 10 rating. Mm-hmm. The audience score is 72% with an average rating of 3.9 out of 5. Why do they do two different scales? I don't know. Why because don't- audiences are different from critics. There's always a, there's, there's a, there's a definitely a divide between critics and audience. No, no, no. Why? Cause that's a, a five point scale for oh, the I audience. Don't, I don't, and I a don't 10 know. point for the critics. No idea. That's weird. Maybe to, it's because maybe it's because they trust people to do one through five, but not one through ten. <laughs> I guess so. Well, you get people one through a hundred, and then they're just going to sit there. Seventy four or seventy five. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I don't know. It's more sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this movie is an absolute recommend. It is awesome. Mm. If you can find it now, it's weird. It's only in two theaters right now, at least in the Nashville area. Uh, one is. Opry Mills, like a big, you know, multiplex. I think like it's in a, like a couple hundred uh, around the country. Oh, is that it? Something like that. Yeah, if right you now. can, if you can get to this movie, definitely see it. It is an experience, man, mm-hmm. and you will definitely fall in love with Dakota Johnson playing a character that you've never seen. There's her a good chance close. you're like me, and you will not know what the fuck you just saw. Yeah, that's the that's the, and but you realize that there's a lot to it, and that I'm going to watch it again uh, at some point. Absolutely, and Tilda Swinton, which I haven't mentioned yet, plays three characters in this. Two of them are heavily made up and and disguised. Basically, one of them is a male, and uh, that was really distracting because the male character is a very main character. And I knew it going in that, that it was Tilda Swinton under makeup. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, and it, it was distracting. And I guess if you don't know that, well, now, now you do, if you're listening to this. Um, if you don't know that, I could see that not being a distraction because she's very good as that character. But her main character, uh, Madame Blanc, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic. Tilda Swinton's such a versatile actress that, like, you never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's almost always, like, amazing. Uh, but she kills it in yeah. in that main role there. So it's like seeing Agent Smith as a female nurse in Cloud Atlas. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. Go see this. Go see this. It's very, very good. All right. Do we have uh, time for a question? Maybe? We've got man. Yeah, we got time for a couple questions. A couple few. Question. Question. I got something to say. I am listening. Man, this is... We could come up with a billion of these, but... Yeah, I did. uh, So, what is everyone's favorite movie about criminals in hiding or criminals on the run? This person lives in Montgomery County, Tennessee, uh, which is in the northwest uh, corner of Tennessee, and uh, they had a killer on the loose recently. Yeah. Uh, so it was on they this person's They caught mind. him, too, right? As, yes, they uh, as yeah, a, they caught him good. Yeah. They were up in, like, deer stands, the, the cops were. Anyway. Um, I'm going to go with Reservoir Dogs. Ooh, that's a good one. They're on the run for... They're in hiding. Most of that movie, yeah. Yeah, they're in hiding, and uh, they've gone to their, sort of their safe place while they wait for further instructions. And that that movie is, it's it's crazy how compelling it can be to have just a bunch of, you know, jewel thieves, uh sitting around in a warehouse the whole mm-hmm. time they have debates about what who's who's the mole in their operation they have it could be a play yeah it could be uh but uh the the great the movie really gets great though is when they flash back to tim roth's character and they go through all the training he has to go through and everything mm-hmm. he has to come up with the bathroom story and he has to you know he has to be a realistic person to get into this gang and yeah. everything 
but uh but yeah they're just hiding out waiting waiting for the big boss the their big boss to show up and and tell them what they need to do and everything and they don't even know who's dead they don't know who and at the beginning uh Bashimi and Kaitel don't know who's dead they don't know mm-hmm. they don't know anything until like they start randomly one by one it could be a play you're absolutely right um so Reservoir Dogs, I would also mention Thelma and Louise. Mm-hmm. This yeah, is another good one. Which the, you know, that's kind of it is kind of bullshit that they went on the run because they kill the guy in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. But he was about to rape Gina Gina Davis. Yeah, but you can't just take the law in your own hands. All I'm saying is that that is a classic self defense, even though Susan Sarandon wasn't the one being attacked. Well, they well the no, it actually isn't a classic self defense. I'll tell you why. She, he's about to, and they and they successfully get him away from her. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and then and then he says something, and Susan Sarandon just blindly shoots him. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I, I guess it's so justified in my mind. It's <laughs> right. like, who the fuck is going to convict this woman? You yeah, know? yeah, they yeah, but uh, that that movie's really good too. So I would yeah. put that in there. Yeah, good call. Um, boy, run. I had a lot of options here. And this morning I woke up and thought, it's been long enough time for me to talk a little bit more about Road to Perdition. Ah, yes. Because the criminal here on the run is Tom Hanks, um, Mike Sullivan. He works for a guy, a mob boss, Paul Newman, who works for Al Capone. They're in the suburbs of Chicago, out in Illinois proper. And his stupid idiot son stows away in the car when dad goes out for business. And happens to see a killing. By the way, everything bad that happens in this movie is uh, James Bond's fault. (laughs) (laughs) Everything. Um, So then they're like, okay, well, can he keep it quiet? You know, how many 11-year-olds see murder? And and Tom Hanks is like, my kid is good. He's going to keep quiet, yada, yada. And so, um, yeah, Connor, the son, James Bond, he comes late at night and kills the mom and son, uh, the other son. Mm. Um, and Tom Hanks and the eldest son come back and find their dead relatives. And it's time to go on the lamp because they're trying to kill my whole family. And Tom Hanks is pissed enough. First, he just wants justice with Connor, the son of Paul Newman, who killed the guy that started the whole thing and killed his wife and son. But once... Like Capone's actually Stanley Tucci playing uh, Nettie. Uh, <laughs> once he stonewalls him and won't let him, you know, we're not going to let you kill Connor or go out. Then he's like, well, I'm going to fuck him where it hurts. And he starts robbing <laughs> banks. <laughs> Sorry. Because it just came out. I'm going to fuck starting where it hurts. Yeah. Um, he starts robbing banks around Illinois that are known to hold Capone money and it's off the books money. And he goes in with the gun. You see a couple of these robberies in full. He goes in with the gun and says, I need the money that's off the books. And the banker's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he cocks a gun, the Capone money. And then he goes out and his son, who doesn't know how to drive stick, is his getaway driver. Mm-hmm. And the bulk of that middle of the movie is them robbing banks on the lam, trying to run away from Jude Law, who's an assassin that's been sent after them to kill them. He's, hor- he's horrifying in this movie. Hmm. This movie should be a classic. I know. I need to see and it. And I don't know why it's not. All the performances are outstanding. The cinematography, Sam Mendes is at the top of his game here. The music is fucking awesome. It's Thomas Newman. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have not seen it in the last year and a half since I last talked about it, go see it. It's charming. It's dramatic. Gangsters. Fuck. Road to Perdition it. had a follow-up disease, essentially, because Sam Mendes had done American Beauty. Yep. And Thomas Newman did the score for that, too, He right? did. Yep. Yeah. Um, and Road to Perdition was his next movie. 
and uh you know it it's it's just one of those things i think i think a lot of people subconsciously had to compare it to american beauty which the two movies are so different that why would you ever do that well mm. it's just because you're expecting a certain thing from the guy that did the american beauty and they didn't get that now over the years this movie has a 7.7 on imdb which is very high that's a very good rating good mm-hmm. um so i i don't know if it's in that classic mold where people talk about it enough, mm. but uh, certainly the people who have picked it up since have uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I love it. I suggest you check it out. Yeah. Check it. Also, by the way, some of that tone that they were expecting from the second Sam Mendes movie was actually Alan Ball, the writer of mm-hmm. American yeah. Beauty, yep. who went on to do Six Feet Under, which yeah. does have a lot of American Beauty tone to it. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Uh, Out of Sight and Oh Brother Where Art Thou came immediately to mind. Yep. Those Ooh, the are Clooney hits. Those are classic. Um, but we've talked about that so much. I want to talk a little bit about the game, Ooh. the David Fincher, uh, the game, which has been playing a bunch on the cable channels. This is Criminals on the Run. And I think, oh, okay, I'm going to get to that. I think the three of us have, have seen this recently. I did. Because it's been on. Yeah. He starts going on the run, Michael Douglas's character and the girl that mm-hmm. he meets at the restaurant. Um, right when they get to the fake hospital and they go up to the, the top of the, where, where they think CRS is located, uh, security is looking for them and stuff like that. And he knows that he's in a fake building or a fake thing and, and they've moved out and all that stuff, but they start like running away from the security, like they've done something wrong. Mm-hmm. And then he starts running from, uh, people after his, uh, his house gets vandalized and stuff like that. He starts kind of like getting on the run even though he hasn't done anything wrong. Like, he's got these pictures that maybe show him having sex with this woman, but that doesn't really matter because he's a single dude. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, he's got a gun or whatever, but, like, he hasn't fired it or anything like that. So it's it's very weird that he is on the run from both the security and from law enforcement, which he goes to, like, for a brief moment. Yeah. Um it's 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 odd there's there's little things about this movie which we all like and myself included that don't make any sense no if we ever send this movie it would be one long sin that started with let's talk about crs's plan yes yeah because how how do you manipulate everything you can't and everyone who are all in on it but then like they don't even know what's going on like his lawyer guy who's in on it quote doesn't know what's going on and admits that to him he's like they just told me to show up to this thing or whatever it's it's well and he's totally too absurd. unpredictable uncontrollable yeah. an entity and way too much was left like that the 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 kicker is that fucking window handle yes that thank god he remembered that was around not only he's got it in his fucking jacket <laughs> pocket like, yeah. thank god he didn't panic and just drown like yeah. a lot of people would have yeah. jesus yeah i love the movie don't get me wrong no, i agree no, i do too yeah he should definitely be dead though yes like, many times like that, that that's that's a that's a game in the way like you know i mean it's not a real that is not a real game right yeah. there i mean yeah it's kind of a game or whatever that's what i thought game night by the way was going to was going to do a little bit of oh, I was going to be sort of the comedy version of the game because they started off kind of like that yeah oh yeah and oh, everything yeah. but uh it I, and now it had, did come on recently and i did watch from a, a certain point but I was also watching it distracted. Mm. Sean Penn is playing a care. He's playing his, his fuck up brother in that. And 
and he says that they're after him the whole time. Yeah. So that's, I think that's what gets him on that paranoia strip where he's like, you know, I've got to run away from these guys because this is real. This isn't the game. Yeah. So I think Sean Penn sort of contributes to him running everywhere. Yeah, no, well, but he was doing that before then. But yes, that definitely does, mm. you know, make him a lot more paranoid to where he goes off the grid up to that. It doesn't stop, that Nick. They fuck you and they fuck you. And when you just think <laughs> they're done fucking you, they, that's where the real fucking begins. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very, very good movie. But there's a lot of shit in there that that's just... That's just not. Yeah, no. yeah. He, he, right. he should be. What I, what I love about Game Night that they don't do in the game is that final credit sequence where they show how at least Jesse Plemons mapped all this shit out. Yeah, yeah. but honestly, that I, I love that sequence. But the more I watch this movie, it opens up all kinds. Yes, of it does. Yeah, <laughs> issues because there's no fucking way he could write a snail mail letter to Tostitos and get confirmation that they'd never sell three bags for one dollar <laughs> yeah in the week that this movie takes place yeah and then still have received that and infiltrate now you know, that, that whole wall is a wall of lies yeah. but it's hilarious <laughs> yeah and then he doesn't know anything about the bulgarian or anything like well, that like how the, that he has a braveheart vhs tape that's only one cassette yeah. yeah that's a two cassetter baby that is it's true that's a wall of lies i wish yeah. i wish the game would have found a way to like because it, the final act is the final scene is basically like trying to justify. Oh, everybody was in on it, but oh, it would be cool to see like cre- mid credit scenes that are like from the crew's perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like the how they were pulling all the almost kind of like what you see in Bowfinger, only on a much more low <laughs> rent kind of way. <laughs> well, there's also a point where he has a real gun too. Oh yeah, apparently and- it's not though because that's what he uses to shoot Sean Penn who wasn't doesn't he have a real gun at some point she freaks out because he got a gun from his his study that is supposedly real but he uses that gun to shoot sean penn who isn't shot so i assume that that was a squib pack and all that Uh, stuff and and those are blanks too yeah so yeah that's another thing that like Mm -hmm. like, i don't understand hey if you didn't go through the through the uh the glass i was going to have to push you exactly (laughs) like in james ribhorn whatever Uh, the fuck it is Uh, let's do one more you want to do one more yeah okay this one's fun Uh, i'm gonna try to do this uh hey guys love your podcast so here in canada it's thanksgiving good uh which was you know probably when this question was (laughs) when this question was asked it was like you know it was last year yeah exactly (laughs) uh thanksgiving in canada is very different than uh, u.s thanksgiving what holiday from a different country would you like to see a cinematic version of very interesting we don't really think about this from the u.s perspective all that much but there's a lot of good options yeah it was funny the first thing that i thought of and this is gonna be this is i don't know if you guys know this or not but in uh what is it is it uh which it's the last bond that came out um specter it was specter that had that day of the dead uh-huh. uh, thing which does not did not exist in mexico at the time it did not exist like that day of the dead celebration oh really apparently that that they started doing that because of the movie what not deal de la Muerto. no that's something been... something was like that's that that's what coco's based on basically mm that's the no, day of the dead no no it's something you we're right? gonna look this shit up i'm, I'm sure you're right i'm gonna look this shit up i think the holiday is real the the holiday might be real but the like the parades and all that other type that of stuff. may be the case some specific or maybe they don't 
Maybe they don't wear the painted faces. I think I feel like I read that. Maybe. I don't know. There was something about just the specter itself basically invented a holiday. Watch this completely just be completely wrong. And I dreamt it. Well, James Bond, Mexico City to hold first Day of the Dead parade thanks to Spectre. Okay. So, so I guess so it's the parade. parade. It's It's got to be the parade. Upon its release, uh, the Day of the Dead parade happening in Mexico City because no such procession had ever taken place in the city before. So the holiday existed, but the parade didn't mm-hmm. exist. So that was that or was the, what, Or more specifically, the parade in Mexico City. In Mexico City. City. Which yeah, is yeah. the biggest city in the world or close? Yeah, something one like of it. Yeah. yeah. It might be like, yeah, second or third biggest city in the world. Interesting, but I I had I thought about that at first, but that seems like something that has been done a lot, mm-hmm. and one that I found on here it's some somewhat similar to all this with uh it's sort of similar to Spectre and the Coco and all other stuff, but this is in Japan mm-hmm. called Oban, and uh, it's apparently a day where uh, the Japanese keep the memory of their ancestors and they they clean off graves and stuff like that. Mm. You could easily make a horror movie out of that. Oh, you could also easily make you know a, you know a, a life type of you know coming of age type of movie out of that too. Is that what they do in Kubo and the Two Strings? Oban. I don't know if it's actually that, that holiday, but obviously it's about connecting with your. I have no idea and all that stuff. So yeah. Uh, but that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I like that idea. But uh, uh, lo- reading a lot of these, lo- I was reading about a lot of these holidays, and I'm like, I think we've seen a few movies based on some of these that are that I'm that I'm reading. So I I don't know if I've ever seen one on Oban, but it, Oban is similar to all that Day of the Dead. Yeah, and all yeah, that, yeah. So. Oh, I'm down with that. Yeah. You could do all kinds of shit. Like you said, horror. You Especially could do... Japanese horror, man. Yeah, you man. You could do all sorts of, I bet there is. I guarantee you there is, uh, in fact. I have to look that up. So I found a, an obscure tribe in South America that celebrates an annual holiday called. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, I cheated. I'm going with Oktoberfest, largely because Barrett has a really good one. And I felt like I could spend an hour doing research on foreign holidays and not come up with a good enough answer. And Oktoberfest is close enough to a holiday. Yeah. And I feel like you could take two directions here. You could send a group of, let's say, Five Americans who love beer mm-hmm. and who love American Oktoberfest celebrations, but have never been to a real one. Mm-hmm. Never been to Germany or Austria, where the fuck the biggest, most baddest Oktoberfest <laughs> the officialist is, right? They get a chance to go to that. And then either hostel happens <laughs> or hangover happens. Nice. <laughs> or if you want to try and blend both, like Tucker and Dale, go to Oktoberfest, go down the middle. Maybe, but yeah. that was what I came up with because I have seen a couple of food shows, travel food shows that have gone to Hamburg or some Bavaria, or yeah, like some that, yeah. big official Oktoberfest. That shit looks insane. Yeah, <laughs> and I just think you could set a movie there and have all kinds of fun. Yeah, I like that. Anyway, there you go. I yeah. actually know one of my good friends uh, has been to to Bavaria for Oktoberfest. Two of my good friends actually, and they said, like you said, it's it's on a whole different level. Yeah, it's like. You know, somebody doing a, a Mardi Gras celebration in Nashville versus going to New Orleans and doing Mardi Gras. Yeah, I'm actually, I mean, again, I don't, I kind of cheated. It's not the best answer ever, but I am kind of surprised nobody's made that movie yet. I guess the closest thing was Beer Fest. That's what I'm saying. Beer yeah. Fest, but even that was, wasn't. Right, yeah. October, you know, yeah, they had a beer they drinking had, contest. They had an Oktoberfest at the beginning, I believe, but it had nothing to do with the actual movie really i love me some beer fest yeah me too my answer so i used to have a a person that worked with me uh vrishali jane uh who was from india and uh 
we were talking one one day she was she another indian person in the office was saying you know happy holy and i was like what is holy and she was like oh holy is like one of our craziest holidays in india and it's um what you would maybe call it like the saint patrick's day of of india um as opposed to like diwali which is more of like the christmas in mm-hmm. in india uh so holy she told me is, is around the spring it's a celebration of spring so they go out, and when you see uh, these pictures of Indian people uh, throwing powdered colors at each other, oh. that's a holy type ah, of celebration. Like a color run. Yeah, a color run, exactly. <laughs> no, seriously, because they go out, and you're encouraged to like hurl uh, powdered colors at everybody on the street, be it like, you know, women, children, elderly, Especially whatever. Especially the asthmatics. Especially the asthmatics, <laughs> yes, exactly. But everybody just enjoys it. There's like apparently some gambling that happens, uh, you know, a lot of frivolity. At the end of the day, everybody just kind of gets cleaned up and they go hang out with family and stuff like that. But during the day, from what I hear, they get fucked up. Okay, there's a drink called Bong. I like it already. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like it's like it's 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 like a cannabis milk, and uh, and apparently and with fruits in it and stuff like that. But it's got weed in it. It's got cannabis in it, mm-hmm. and it fucks you up. Mm-hmm. And now listen, I'm I'm not like a big weed guy or anything like that, but I would drink the shit out of some bong. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's B H A N G. Of course, of course, it's bong. Of course, exactly. it is. I was like, I was so. And she she's just telling me about this, and I was like, bong. And she's like, yeah. And apparently, she had never had it, but she was like, yeah. Sure, she had. Gets on top of you. I think she would. Tell you. Yeah, but, she had uh, a flask in her drawer. <laughs> had some secret bong. That's right. <laughs> But it sounds like a whole lot of fun. Like everybody really gets into this, and like, you know, the the other holidays, depending on where you're at in India, it's a big country. Um, depending on where you're at, like, it, it, they can be a little more laced up and more like, you know, formal and stuff like that. But apparently, holy is just like everybody get crazy, yeah. and I am down with that. That I, sounds pretty so. Awesome. So my idea for for the movie is to have an American. Or a group of Americans experience that for the first time, like a road trip type of comedy, or even like the the cast of like the night before or something like that, going through and drinking bong for the first time and experiencing Ooh, all this. Ed stuff. Helms, I want to see Ed Helms get smacked in the side of the face with a big <laughs> cloud of powder jar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, if you had like really funny comedians that go in there with a purpose, not just like, hey, look at all the funny you know, Indian people or whatever mm-hmm. and the Americans reaction to it, but like actually be respectful of the holiday and, you know, have a fish out of water story. Yep. I think you could get some good stuff. Oh yeah. Well, that'll do it for this week. Uh, keep going to the Sincast presented by cinema sins on Facebook. Keep going to SoundCloud. Keep going to our cinema sins, Twitter, go to Patreon. Yeah. If you want to become a member of Patreon, you know, our Patreon members listen to this earlier than you did. That's right. Or at least had access to it. Yep. Yeah. Not trying to run their lives, but uh but there are a lot of places to come and comment on this very episode but uh that'll do it for this week it's chris atkins and jeremy scott and barrett share we'll see you next time thanks for listening comment on our episodes on our soundcloud page check us out on youtube twitter facebook and reddit and be sure to visit cinemasins.com Sheep go to heaven. Goats go to hell. Go to hell. (laughs) Go to hell. Did we go with, did we use any of the sins that I wrote about? 
did I even leave them in? About bad guys can't win medals in Wreck It Ralph, and the first one I wrote was Mary. Tell that to Mary Lou Retton. No, no, you, you, we what? cut them all out because I said, I said, the the problem I had, the problem I had in the in that review script was that I was like, I just don't think very many people are going to get that we're being stupid, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I even in my defense, in parenthesis, I wrote, "This is vile." Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this is a series of... No, they were all alts. Oh, so in and, the movie, somebody says, bad guys can't win medals, oh, and I wrote oh, a series of... So, oh, but so then I was like, well, I mean, if we wanted to keep it, why don't we just use Ryan Lochte, because that's... <laughs> or Tanya yeah. Harding. But it got cut completely. Yeah, so. that's right. I just uh, went through the um, the shallow edit, the Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper thing. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that song? No. You haven't heard you've, you've, mm-hmm. Well, you heard it because you saw the movie. Yeah, and they play it on MTV all the time. That's like that's the the worst written song I think I've heard in in forever. Probably gonna win an Oscar too. It's definitely gonna win an Oscar, and it might win a Grammy. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, mm. but it's you know the, the chorus is like in the shallow, sha- shallow, 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 and it's just them saying shallow like over each other. Mm-hmm. That was written by Lady Gaga and fucking uh, Mark Ronson. There's a yeah. Like good songwriters that came up with that. There was uh, somebody on Facebook who was like, "There's something about that Lady Gaga performance I can't put my finger on that I don't like about it. Mm-hmm. She's great in it. Okay, and like there's moments in there that you're like, oh shit, that's Lady Gaga. I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. There are some affected moments though in there, and that that song is where you see it the most because. You can tell that Bradley Cooper told her, this is your first time being out on stage and this, and this is your song that you wrote. I want you to show that like, you know, I can't believe this is happening <laughs> and everything. So there's a part where she first starts singing in the song and she puts her hands over. Her yeah. And, it's in the video. And, yeah. and, and, uh, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's the part that <laughs> just gets you to the point of like, and at the end of the performance where she's like, she the scent about it was she's making the she studied Taylor Swift uh, you know award acceptance mm-hmm. <laughs> tapes you like so, she like turns around she's like what it's just happened yeah. and it's no. funny because Bradley Cooper makes like that little thing and that smirks at her and shit like that mm-hmm. which is kind of badass like he looks like a badass yeah but then she's like oh what's Taylor oh. Swift supposed to do if she's won fifty two of these awards before and everyone knows she's gonna win again and then they announce her as the winner and camera cuts to her. What do we want? Like, Act she, like you've been there before. Like, uh, Meryl Streep isn't going to be like, ah! She's going to get up there and just be able to handle her business. But then there's going to be plenty of people that are like, she expected to win. What a cocky jerk. Uh, my point is, I don't think there's any good reaction. I, I think that, I think the expected to win thing <laughs> is a far less, uh, you, you get far fewer of those people than the people who rightfully say, Oh, come on. Why, why is she acting all surprised and like, you know, like this is never going to happen in her life or whatever? I think you get fewer of those people. I'll tell you who had a perfect uh, reaction was J.K. Simmons for Whiplash mm-hmm. when he won because he had this look of like, all right, like uh, I felt good about that. He didn't look like he expected to win, but mm-hmm. like, like he looked kind of surprised, but he was just like, that's really cool. And then he got up there and like started lecturing people about calling their parents and shit like that. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Uh, but yeah, he got he just kind of like handled it like a pro. He didn't do like a oh my gosh. I mean, the first couple times I think uh, I think an oh my god like hands to the face might no yeah be genuine yeah yeah yeah. 
I don't know. There, I, just, I guess I just feel like there's uh, you're damned if you do and damned if you especially if you're Taylor Swift at this point in life. There's like, just no matter a, what she does, she's criticized. I just think that there's a point where, you know, like uh, I don't know. I, I guess that is something that could possibly happen if that's your first song and all that. And you're finally you're performing it in front of all these people, but there's something that comes off phony about it and i can't really explain why it does no i agree yeah i it, mean I, just watching the video because yeah. the video is the movie footage that, yeah that I, I think it's i think it's because you would save that for afterwards i think you're in yeah. the, in the moment you're more you're more i want to get i want to get all the lyrics right i want to sing this right i want to do that you're not worried about oh what a moment this is or whatever until afterwards i think a lot of people afterwards feel that like they're you know, they go out and then they put their hands over their head and all that. Yeah. Does she like, is he expecting her to come out on stage? Or does she just kind of like make that like spur of the moment? Decision uh, in the she doesn't know that the song is getting performed. Oh, okay. So he she does. Said, he starts it off. I don't he, even. In fact, the way the movie plays, I don't even know how he knows the song. Um, because awesome. because they're out. In, is it her a, song? There's yeah, it's her song. Oh, okay. There's a part where they they go they have this this you know this wonderful before sunrise type evening mm -hmm. like you know they met each other for the first time and then they have to go to the drugstore and they have to get something at the drugstore and then they're out in the parking lot and she just starts randomly singing the song mm -hmm. and then the next time you see them <laughs> she's like she's like whisked backstage to he's performing like the entire song just having heard her yes like once like i never once saw them <laughs> practice this song except her just singing it randomly one one like bar or two and then like and so like he comes out he's like and he's like uh you know i'm playing the song blah 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 so he starts playing it and she's like you know within the first five notes she's like whoa wait a minute is this my song and then he comes back and he's like, you know, he's like, come on. He's like, you're going to come up here with me and everything. She's like, no, no. <coughs> and then finally she, of course, comes mm -hmm. out there. Tell me something, boy. Mm -hmm. That Bradley Cooper's a good looking son of a bitch. Yeah, dude. he is. God. That bastard. <laughs> I got half staff. Yeah. It moved. Went from six to midnight. <laughs> That's the test. <laughs> <laughs> Moved. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me of uh, Star Trek Six when um, all the money in the world. Plumber, Christopher. Plummer. Yeah, Christopher Plummer is like the prosecutor at Kirk and McCoy's trial, the Klingon trial, mm -hmm. and like they're holding these translators up, and it, he's speaking English the whole time. Like the movie doesn't even try to like make sense in that regard but at one point he's like da, 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 don't wait for the translator answer me now yeah. <laughs> well in and she was like miss un and she was like living in africa for a while yeah they had namibia namibia he's like you know what i should probably tell her that you know sort of explain nipple <laughs> 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 her nipple pops out and <laughs>